welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Matt Strawn and Allie. Welcome back to episode 106 of Let's Get Haunted. Yeah. Air horns. Air horns, someone's dog Someone, jumps off a balcony. There's like a, a wolf howling in the background. <laughs> now, if you're new to this show, you may be curious, when does the actual story start? So if you go to our show notes, in all capital uppercase letters, you're going to see skip two. And then it's going to say where to skip to. That could be 10 minutes. It could be 11 minutes. We don't know. Find that timestamp and skip to it if you don't want to listen to our intro. Oh my gosh, something haunted just happened. Wait, what just happened? I don't know if I already talked about this on the podcast. Did I talk about selling my car? No, I, was, I don't like, think broken so. And I scammed them. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't scam them, but this. Okay, well, look. Long story short, I had this car that's like a piece of shit car that is going to be too expensive to fix. This particular individual of a vehicle um, was <laughs> suffering from a... Amnesia. Yeah. We were suffering from... I forget what it's he called. He forgot airbags. how to be a car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically, he forgot how to be a car. And he had like the suspension fault thing that just kept going on. It was like you could drive through it. Like I could still drive, but the car would like lose its suspension. So it had airbags in it that like basically make it so that the car will absorb like bumps in the road or whatever. So it just feels like you're driving. Like a rock. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Like it's like you're on a safari. You're in a Flintstones like propelled by your own feet. (laughs) rock car yes and so i was like okay well i'm gonna need to sell that at one point or do something with it but like that's gonna be a lot of work so i don't want to worry about that now had like a few things on it fixed but didn't fix that suspension problem because that was gonna be you know like a forty five hundred dollar no yeah fuck that at that point i will just drive with no brakes like if you tell me it's gonna be over a thousand dollars i will die in this car so i decide i need to finally sell this car because uh, I need some money. So I go to CarMax and as I'm driving to CarMax, the suspension thing like breaks out. And so I'm like literally bouncing so <laughs> much in the car. Like I have a video I can show you later. And it's crazy. Like you, it looks like, you know, those cars that have hydraulics in them, like yeah. a lift kit that can like bounce. Yeah. You know, like Snoop Dogg. Yeah, like low riders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like that. (laughs) So I drive it into the parking lot and I'm like, holy fuck, like I'm just going to drive really slow so like no one can see this happening. I drive it, I pull in, I park the car, I go inside, like I'm like really nonchalant, like I'm going to be like, my car's not broken, everything's fine. Right. Um, And oh, I forgot. I got it the day before I had gotten it appraised and they were like, oh, we'll give you, I think they said they would give me $4,000 for it or something. So less than what cost the cost is to fix the suspension yeah exactly and i was like well that sucks but fine you know so uh but i was mad about it so i drove home and like pretended like i was gonna do something else about it and then the next day i was like i'm not gonna do anything yeah i'll I'll take it yeah Yeah, exactly i'll take it and as i was driving the suspension goes out and i'm like oh fuck like i need to uh like not let anyone know this has happened i park in the lot and then i go inside they're like oh why is your name not on 
on the title. And I'm like, because it's my mom's car. She gave it to me. Do I look like a millionaire? <laughs> Do like- I look like I have anything to my name? The answer's yeah. no. <laughs> and she's like, well, your mom's going to need to sign this other thing. And and uh, I also did not want to tell my mom that I had not switched the title over <laughs> because that was supposed to have been done years ago. So there's that's going to start a whole other problem. Right. You know? So she's like, okay, no, it's fine. Just have your, uh, have your mom sign this or whatever. It needs to be notarized. So you're going to have to have like a notary there when your mom signs it. Yeah, you're going to have to drive to Texas, pay a notary. It has to be done within 24 hours. Oh, so it's literally impossible. Impossible. So you maybe you could overnight it and then overnight no it's impossible so uh i was like god damn it i left and across the street from this particular uh building there was another building i don't want to like give away yeah you don't want to dox anyone. yeah i don't want to dox them i regrouped i found another business another service that was willing to be very cool with me <laughs> And they were willing to take a photo of uh, a, a driver's license of the person who was on the title of the car. And that's it. That's all wow. they needed. And I was like, this was really cool. And I sold that bitch and I got my $4,000 and it immediately paid off some credit card debt. So like my life is basically the same. Hell yeah. What a positive haunting. You got rid of a car. So now that person who had borrowed the car texted me just now and was like, hey, did you sell that car yet? And I'm like, that ship has sailed. Be like, unless you have five grand, then I'll go steal that bitch back and you can have it. Exactly. Well, Natalia, are you ready to get into this week's episode? Yes, I am. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. It's time for donors. I'd like to shout out all of our donors from March and April of this year. Cecilia F., Madeline H., Madeline H., Cara H., Kara H., Maddie V, Mia T, Winnie B, Isa B, Brett B, Ella R, Ashton C, Riley R, Samantha P, Ruby V, Sarah B, Michaela S, Jessica T, Zoe S, Zoe S, Anna and Nate, Alyssa S, Casilda, Garrett G, Annie Bree, Peter Barker and Malik, Maria O, Kelsey M.K., Trenton S., Lotus, Jesse H., Miranda A., Peter Barker and Malik again, Mariah and John, Michael R., Benjamin S., Stassi Sor, DJ, Alessa R., Brianna M., Haley A., Maria O., Angela N., Fems, Phoenix C., Brenna G., and the return of Amber O., the triumphant what? return of Amber O. Amber O. in the house. And a special shout out to Phoenix C. and Amber O. for making large donations this month. I really appreciate it. And the reason why I'm reading out March and April is because I got really scared that maybe I missed someone because I finally just put everyone into an Excel spreadsheet and I saw some names that I didn't remember shouting out. So if some of you got two shout outs, congratulations. Hell yeah. I'd like to shout out Brielle S, Kayla P, Charlotte D, Sam K, Alicia J, Minnie W, Brandy B, Michael M, Rebecca H, Brandy B again, Peter Barker and Malik, Mimi T, Danny R, 
Mason H, Lisa N, Benjamin S, Mariah and John, Lindsay L, Gentry B. Thank you guys so much for donating. That is really a, a major sick one for us. And special thanks to Mariah and John who donated $69.69. Also Peter Barker and Malik who donated $50. And Caleb P., who donated $66.69. We really appreciate all of your donations, large or small. They all add up and That's they right. all help to keep us making this. I think it's a little better than mediocre content now, right? I think the audio quality is getting better, right? Somebody give us a compliment because we're really trying. <laughs> we're we really, really trying. So if the audio quality has gotten better since we moved into this office, please let us know. Um, if it's gotten worse, also please let us know, but my feelings will be hurt because we're really trying. Yeah, I definitely think there's a little more echo, but we have all of these foam panels we're going to put on the wall uh, as soon as we figure out how to do that, and that's going to make a difference. So look forward to that. That's right. And if you'd like to make a donation to our podcast, you can do so by Venmoing at DogMomUSA or at NatStron, or you can donate to our Kofi, which is linked in the show notes for this episode. Or you can go to letsgethaunted.com and buy a piece of merch. Or also on letsgethaunted.com, there's an option to give us a haunted donation. Yes. I was looking at Natalia to see if she agreed. Yeah, I yeah. do. I agree. No objections here, Your Honor. That's right. <laughs> I've been listening to this Amber Heard Johnny Depp case oh, God. on uh, YouTube because when I drive, I have nothing else to do. Right. And I'm like, oh, this is like the perfect, boring, not too exciting content, like where there's like one interesting thing that happens every 12 minutes. You've just described a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I feel like I'm in that mood to say objection. That's right. Well, we're very professional on this podcast. Um, Nat Strong, attorney at law, yes. is here with us today. <laughs> so I'm very excited to get into a mind fuck of an episode. Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. Natalia, are you ready to get into episode 106 I of Let's Get Haunted? Ready. Let's do it. Before I get started with my story today, I just want to inform our listeners that this episode has a lot of pictures, maps, and videos that go with it. Better be treasure. I will be including all relevant video audio in the episode, and Natalia and I will definitely be describing in great detail all pictures and maps we look at today. In addition, I will be linking all videos we discuss in the show notes in case anyone wants to watch the original posts for themselves. And I will also be posting all the pictures and maps to at Let's Get Haunted on Instagram in the photo dump for this episode for those who would like to follow along. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's okay. go. In November of 2014, the mysterious disappearance of YouTuber and outdoorsman Kenny Veach had the internet in a chokehold. Dozens of viral YouTube videos and Reddit posts highlighting his vanishing were uploaded to social media. And many of these videos and posts, some of which are still public and active today, have received millions of views from around the world. As the public became increasingly aware of the mysterious circumstances surrounding the incident, wild conspiracy theories began to fly. The interest in this case eventually made its way to international mainstream media. 
resulting in a two-hour special on HLN Network's 2021 true crime TV series, Real Life Nightmare. Today's episode tells the harrowing tale of The M Cave, aka The Disappearance of Kenny Veach. It's time to buckle the fuck up, haunties, because we're about to fall down a good old-fashioned internet rabbit hole. Oh, wow. Okay, so I actually do know what the M cave is. Oh, you do? Yes, briefly, because I remember, I think I saw, like, one of those posts you're talking about back when this was, like, blowing up. Um, But then I realized I hate things that are talking about caves where people get lost in them because it's very scary yeah because okay so what i didn't realize about caves is that they can get really small like i always think of a cave as being this big cavernous thing that's like stalactites stalagmites all this stuff and it's huge and you get lost in it because it's so big no 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 no. you guys you might not even be able to hear this because oh i don't even want to say it you guys caves get so small that you get stuck in them like yes. you get stuck in a hole where like you can't move anything and you're like in this s-shaped bend and there's people trying to get you out and they can't reach you because they don't want to get stuck and so you fucking die probably of just claustrophobia but if you don't die of claustrophobia say you're like someone really chill i think you would just die of exposure because you can't eat you can't drink any water and eventually maybe suffocate you're absolutely right natalia caves are terrifying um i do know a story about the nutty putty cave in utah i'm sure this is one of the ones you've heard of because when i went down the m cave rabbit hole in like 2018 i definitely stumbled upon a lot of scary cave stories and the nutty putty one a guy did just what you said where he made a wrong turn He thought he was going down one cavern, but instead he went down a different one, ended up getting stuck upside down. Yeah. And actually how he died eventually was cardiac arrest and suffocation because all the blood rushed to his head and his lungs and he just ended up dying that way. I would just tell like the people who are trying to rescue me. Just quit trying to rescue me. Instead, just like throw some dynamite down here. Yeah, shoot me. Just like make this end. Yeah, Yeah. somehow. Like Very scary. Well, I think they determined that eventually he would have gone unconscious from being upside down for that long. Right. So that perhaps is merciful, but I cannot imagine. I do not fuck with tight, enclosed spaces at all. No, I will not. I refuse. No, No, that's nothing good in there. Like you look in that sewer and there's the fucking it clown. Like what what good thing lives in a hole? Right. Yeah. Also, even the cool stuff that lives in sewers, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, (laughs) if you actually saw no some giant mutant turtles coming for you in a sewer you would not be happy doing karate yes yeah (laughs) that would be the end of my life yeah immediate (laughs) passing away immediately (laughs) okay so i'm actually glad you've heard of this story before natalia because i'm assuming that quite a few of our listeners who may be clicking on this episode and can already see the title have heard of this before, but I did a lot of research and I'm hoping that I have found some new information that perhaps you you have never heard before. I'm sure you have because I think I literally just saw the title of a YouTube video with a picture of a small hole and I was like, no, I refuse. <laughs> Kenneth Lee Veach, called Kenny by his friends and family, was born in November of 1966. On February 9th, 2012, at the age of 45, 
Kinney created a YouTube channel under the username SnakeBitMcGee, where he was extremely active in the online desert hiking communities. Although he did not upload many videos of his own, he used his channel to document some of his many colorful interests and hobbies. Kinney's hobbies included hiking, camping, and exploring in the Mojave Desert of Nevada where he lived. He also enjoyed home interior design in the style of the Wild West, and he liked to spend his spare time inventing different household gadgets, which he often pitched to Shark Tank. His viewers described him as sweet, earnest, genuine, and positive. That's a sick hobby. That is a super sick hobby. Yeah. I wish I were smart enough to even begin to invent something. I think the way to make any hobby sound cool is to end it with pitched to Shark Tank. That's right. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not a, just a runner. I'm a runner who pitched to <laughs> Shark Tank. So I'd like to show you, Natalia, a short video from Kenny Veach's YouTube channel that I think will really give us a sense of who he is as a person. Okay, I'm going to come see it. Hello everyone at Quirky, my name is Kenny Beek and I invented the new improved toilet paper roll holder for the household. Uh, it works great and it's my own little invention and I'm going to show you how it works. First I'm just going to demonstrate it. When you run out of a roll of paper, you've got two decorative knobs, everything looks like a regular one except it'll be like that. Um, and then it runs out, you just pull that, put the other one in and let go and it, right now it's not precise because I used hand tools, but you get the picture. It works, it works perfect and it's beautiful and that that's it right there. That's the new improved toilet paper roll. You just let it go and when I perfect it, when it's, when it's perfected and manufactured with more precision tools, it will go right inside the hole and it locks and holds in there, you know, and there's a lot of ways to improve this, but my mechanism is inside here. Keeps it from coming all the way out and keeps it, keeps it on track, so works perfect the new approved toilet paper roll holder. This is a good one, guys. Thanks for your time. I hope I hear from you soon. Bye-bye. So, Natalia, this video I just had you watch, can you first describe it to our audience? And second, after describing it, can you tell me what your impression is of Kinney Beach? That was a video that I just watched on YouTube, and it was it looked like someone just had like a black curtain hanging, like they had just hung a curtain on the wall, and it had um, so that way you couldn't see anything in the background, which sort of makes me feel like this was like not a professional setup, like this was like obviously someone's garage or something like that. And then um, yeah, Kenny dives into the scene, and he's just like, hey. This is my new and improved toilet paper holder. And he's like, here's how it works. And it didn't work exactly correctly. And he's like, don't worry about that. I'm going to fix that. But I can't because I'm just using house tools. But presumably, if it got picked up by Shark Tank, they would be able to, like, you know, make it better because they would be able to use, like, precision instruments, right? Yeah. So what do you think of him after watching that? My first impression of him is that he's incredibly honest. Yes. Because if that were me, I would never have submitted that video. <laughs> like, I would have made sure I either faked it so that it was perfect or I redid it until it was perfect. 
That's a great point because actually I wouldn't have noticed that it didn't go in properly if he hadn't have set if he didn't say yeah hey oh sorry it didn't snap in properly like the camera angle was such that I wouldn't have known the difference he could have lied about it right yeah and then that just makes me think he's not going to survive in show business you can't too pure for this world yeah exactly and then just on him as a person is he seems really cool like he just seems like a nice like I said honest um, person I don't feel like he was selling me any thing really even though he's supposed to be and that's what made it me be like oh no you gotta redo this man (laughs) (laughs) yeah he seems very like kind-hearted and like what you see is what you get right like he's not trying to be cool he's not trying to like put on a show he's just like hey my name's kenny I like inventing things. Here's a toilet paper roll that I think works better than the ones we currently have. Boom. End of story. Right? So as I mentioned, Kenny's main hobbies were hiking, camping, and exploring in the Mojave Desert of Nevada. Natalia, do you know anything about the Mojave Desert? Um, Is that where Vegas is, the Mojave? Correct. Yes. Yeah, I, I know a little bit about it just because Vegas is relatively close to L.A., so I feel like I drive over there too often. It's um fucked up, basically. Like, deserts are fucked up. Like, Very you think barren. it's going to be really hot, but I actually, no, 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 it's really cold. Uh. It's, it's definitely um, an environment where I feel like in order to live in the desert, you need to be a certain type of person. Yeah, you need to be a certain type of person. Like, you need to be someone who has a lot of flip-flops and, um, you know, like, fixes fences and stuff. Yeah, well, I was more thinking that it's, like, dry and (laughs) most people are on, like, septic tanks instead of plumbing and, like, most people have, like, well water or if you truck in their water. It's like camping. Like, it's like um, homeowning camping like, yes like you're far away you kind of have to know how to fix things yourself how to do it yourself because you're far away from anyone who can like really help you yeah definitely the notable exception to that being las vegas right, right. but most parts of the mojave desert as we're about to learn are pretty remote so the mojave desert is named after the indigenous mojave people and is located primarily in southeastern California and southwestern Nevada, with small portions extending into Arizona and Utah. According to Wikipedia, the Mojave Desert is bordered to the west by the Sierra Nevada mountain range and to the south and east by the Sonoran Desert. Although the Mojave is bordered by many deserts, such as the Sonoran, Chihuahuan, and Great Basin Deserts, the Mojave is the driest of them all. So, Natalia, I'm going to flip my laptop around and show you a map of the Mojave Desert, and I'd like you to to describe it to our audience. Okay. I'm looking at a map of the southwestern United States, California, Nevada, Utah, and Arizona, and there is a highlighted portion that says Mojave Desert, and it actually, I'm very surprised. I didn't realize that the majority of the Mojave Desert is in California. Yeah. Um, so it basically, like Alyssa said, takes over most of Southern California and then it goes past Las Vegas just by like a little bit into a little bit of Utah and Arizona. But the majority of it is in Southern California. The Mojave Desert consists of a series of dry and hot mountains and valleys and is also the site of Death Valley, which is the lowest elevation in North America. Although the landscape is barren and unforgiving, the Mojave also contains deposits of many natural elements, such as gold, silver, lead, zinc, 
copper, tungsten, vanadium, iron, clay, and cinders. Yeah. Because of this, there are many decommissioned or abandoned mine shafts that dot the desert terrain, which are leftover relics from the mid-1860s, with some of the more profitable mines remaining active until around World War II was in full swing in the early 1940s. That is true. Like, when you're driving through the desert to get to Vegas, you just see all of these abandoned mines from, like, the middle of the 1800s. Yeah, absolutely. There's abandoned mines. There's ghost towns that were set up around these mines. And the climate of the Mojave Desert is characterized by extremes in temperatures throughout the seasons. So like you said earlier, Natalia, you think of a desert being super hot, but actually freezing temperatures as well as strong winds are not uncommon in the winter, as well as precipitation such as rain and snow in the mountains. Yeah. Is Joshua Tree Mojave Desert? Yes, it is. It sure is. I went there for my pregnancy, some pregnancy photos that... um, Lydia was going to take of me and we like I was like fucking what like seven eight months pregnant and we went out into this like middle of this desert and it was raining and it was so fucking cold and I was so pregnant and Lydia was like okay get naked right here and we're gonna like make your <laughs> bump look like it's one of the rocks and like all the- and it was a great idea but I was so cold that I was like Lydia I literally cannot be here right now like right. we have to go back like I'm literally dying and so we ended up just taking all of my like pregnancy photos just like outside of that stupid house house we were staying in that's so funny but those but you know what those photos turned out great yeah but that's what I now I realize about the Mojave Desert okay yeah I know what it is yeah so you think of the desert as not having any rain but actually during certain seasons there is rain yeah um you think of it being really hot and it is but it's also really cold sometimes yeah yeah in contrast temperatures above 100 degrees Fahrenheit are not uncommon during the summer months the highest temperature ever recorded in the Mojave Desert was 134 degrees Fahrenheit, or 57 degrees Celsius, on July 10th, 1913. 1913? No yes. air conditioning? No air conditioning, just raw dogging it Ugh. in the desert. 134 degrees Fahrenheit. Horrible. And that temperature was recorded at Death Valley, which is located within the Mojave Desert, and Death Valley holds the record for the hottest place on Earth. And also the most haunted name. Yeah, that's a horribly (laughs) haunted name. If you told me like, hey, do you want to go on vacation to Death Valley or do you want to go to Disneyland? I'd be like, absolutely Disneyland. Right. Why would I go anywhere with the word death in it? Okay, I'm only going to tell you this because I've never told anyone this. I signed up to do a marathon in Death Valley what? and I never did it because it just sounded so bad that I just I'm, didn't care. I I'm glad you didn't do spent it. spent the money and didn't do it. Yeah, no, I'm glad you didn't do it or else we'd be having a story about you going missing in the Mojave Desert. Correct. Due to the extreme nature of the Mojave, flora and fauna are scarce and most of the desert is unpopulated by humans, with some notable exceptions, the main one being Las Vegas, as we said. So the next question I have is, have you ever been to any parts of the Mojave Desert? And you just said that, yes, you've been to Vegas, you've been to Joshua Tree, and you signed up for a marathon in Death Valley that you didn't do, right? Don't repeat that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some other places in the Mojave Desert are Calico Ghost Town, which is okay, on the way. There. Yeah. So Calico Ghost Town, for those who don't know, um, the drive from Los Angeles to Las Vegas can be anywhere between about four and a half hours to six and a half hours, just depending on traffic. But when you're, I would say, maybe halfway to Vegas from LA, 
there's a sign on the side of the road that says, get off here to go visit Calico Ghost Town. Yep. And it's actually deceivingly far from the freeway because right. I've been to it before. You have to drive like, I don't know, like 30, 45 minutes off the freeway to get to it. Yeah. And it's this whole little ghost town, which is an abandoned mining town, and it's been turned into a tourist trap, but it's actually haunted. It's considered to be haunted yeah. by some of the ghosts of prospectors that died there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember going there and reading about it. And apparently, I think it was like the Knott's Berry guy, the guy that made Knott's Berry Farm purchased it, or maybe it was Disney. It was one of the big theme park people in California. Oh, really? Purchased Calico. We're going to turn it into a theme park. And that's why it's kind of like theme parky to this day. But then um, they like couldn't get it done. And that's part of the like the lore around the hauntings. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, yeah. that's super interesting. It was so hot. I read one plaque and that's like all I could read. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember I went into the little like store they have there because I wanted to yeah. get like a tiny little tchotchke trinket. trinket. Yeah. That's like very much my vibe is I just want a trinket that I'm yeah. never going to look at ever again. And then I put it on display in my house. And I got this little magnet that said like clean or you'd flip it over and it said dirty for like the dishwasher. Oh, yeah. And as I was buying it, the lady behind the counter was like, oh, yeah, we have a ghost that lives in the store and he's a pervert. He sometimes like will grab the asses of like women that come in the store. And I was like, I didn't ask her about this. Wow. Yeah. Did you flip the sign to dirty? Wow. <laughs> I should have. Wow. I hope that woman's doing well and that she has. She's probably dead now. Come to ter- <laughs> based on <laughs> your voice. that long ago. She sounded really old. Yeah. In your well, impression. That's true. <laughs> also, another place in the Mojave Desert is Lake Powell, which we actually talked about, unless it got cut out, because I'm not sure if this part got cut out of a previous episode, but I went on a kayaking and hiking trip in Arizona recently, and the kayaking part of that trip was on Lake Powell, which is in the Mojave Desert. So Ooh. if you follow either of us on Instagram, um, you may have seen some Lake Powell photos that I uploaded to my Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. That's right. Now, I would assume that most of our listeners have heard of Las Vegas, which, as I mentioned, is located within the Mojave Desert and is definitely also haunted. haunted. Yeah, for sure. Okay, definitely haunted. Literally founded on the mob. Um, But another notable landmark within the Mojave Desert is Area 51. Yes, which we have also been Mm -hmm. to and raided. Yes. And clapped alien cheeks at. That's right. (laughs) And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, Area 51 is located within the Nellis Air Force Base. It is located on the edge of the Mojave Desert in Nevada. It takes up a pretty significant portion of the Nevadan Desert. If you actually, I was looking at maps and we'll look at those in a minute. And I was like, oh, holy shit. This is actually like a really large swath of land right um and area 51 is pretty famous because it's this alleged top secret um military facility right where like alien ufo stuff is supposedly held right like the government keeps all the alien secrets there it was intended to be this top secret facility in a very remote area. Like we just talked about, there's not many people in the Mojave Desert that you really can't survive there on your own. Right. It's very like rough terrain. Yeah. So they figured this would be the perfect spot. Nobody lives here. It's super vast. We're going to start testing some uh, aircraft that right. we're working on during the Cold War. Yeah. And according to CNN, the U.S. government's official name for Area 51 is the Nevada Test and Training Range, which is a unit of the Nellis Air Force Base. 
Today, it is used as an open training range for the U.S. Air Force. According to the CIA, the name Area 51 comes from its map designation. It was also previously referred to as Paradise Ranch in order to make the facility sound more attractive to those who would be working there. Paradise Ranch was then shortened to just The Ranch. Other nicknames include Watertown and Dreamland. Conspiracy theorists believe that Area 51 is the location that crashed UFOs are taken to by the government for reverse engineering, including the famous Roswell incident crash. And if you want to learn more information on Area 51, you can go to episode 14 of Mm -hmm. Let's Get Haunted, where we covered Area 51 specifically. So my point is that the Mojave Desert is mostly unpopulated and remote, making it the perfect area for the U.S. government to carry out secret projects beginning in the 1950s and continuing on still today. The Mojave Desert, I like the point of me telling you all these different locations in the Mojave Desert is just to be like, there's some strange shit going yeah. on in the Mojave Desert. It's haunted. It's very haunted. And it makes sense because since there's not many people living there, anyone who's kind of weird can yeah. just go out and you know cook meth in a rv yeah. like no that's like what we're not saying but it's like i just thought everyone understood this but maybe some people who don't live in the united states don't know this um people who live in the desert are historically um trying to hide something yeah well and actually that makes total sense because my uncle who's a delightful man i love him very much but he hates people and so what did he do when he retired he moved to the mojave desert yeah you know it's a certain kind of person that lives in a remote area exactly yes yes the major exception being vegas and joshua tree but even then i mean you have to be a special person to move to joshua tree you got to be a special person to move to vegas yeah no you got to be super special and if, one, if you guys are listening and you live in the Mojave Desert, let us know. Now that we've got some background on where today's story takes place, let's get back to Kenny Veach. Kenny lived in Las Vegas, Nevada with his girlfriend, Sherry on. He had at least one child, a daughter, from a previous marriage. And he was also close with his nephew. Kenny and his girlfriend would often go on hikes throughout the Mojave, though he generally preferred to hike alone. An amateur survivalist, Kenny liked to challenge himself by hiking without a compass or a GPS. He would often hike all day, make camp at night, and continue to hike the following day. This way, he was hiking far beyond where the average tourist would dare to go. The more remote the hiking area, the better for Kenny. Sometimes he would bring along his digital camera and film himself on his adventures. He had a great respect for the desert's ecosystem and would film himself marveling at interesting wildlife he came across, like rattlesnakes, tortoises, and even bighorn sheep. According to one of his family members, his YouTube channel's name, Snakebit McGee, was actually named after a time that he was bitten by a snake and survived while hiking. Wow. After healing from the bite, Kenny would remark that he wasn't mad at the snake or afraid of them because of it. It's just a snake being a snake, he said. Kenny would also film any man-made objects he came across on his adventures traversing the vast Mojave, like filled-in mine shafts or ghost town remnants. In one of his videos, he showed off a collection of bottles, coins, and other artifacts he had collected throughout the years of exploring abandoned former mining towns. 
Kinney also enjoyed taking photographs of birds and collecting fossils and interesting minerals he found along the way throughout his many journeys. His following on YouTube was fairly small, but he enjoyed posting his explorations and would regularly reply to viewer questions in the comments. So he sounds like a pretty like interesting guy, right? Super interesting. Um, yeah, I I cannot relate to him. It's it's like all. a I'm very trying. like imagine living in Vegas, but instead of going to the casinos or going to the clubs or the restaurants, your interest is genuinely just hiking alone throughout this vast, so vast and so empty. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it. That's what I'm saying. Like I can't picture any scenario where that is something I want to do. I can understand wanting to hike through an area that's maybe lush where there's like water and there's shade and there's trees. Um, But the desert to just walk out for days into the middle of the desert without a compass, without a map, without a GPS for what? And he just liked being alone. Like he had his girlfriend, he had his daughter, he had nieces and nephews, but he just liked being alone. He was very much a loner. Um, and really enjoyed challenging himself. He talks about in his vlogs, these hikes, he really viewed it as like, if I were in a survivalist situation, right. could I do it? I can, I mean, I can understand that. I do a lot of those types of things. Um, but like trying to push your body to the limit, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Just because like, I know I can do it. <laughs> yeah, like I know I'm capable. Yeah, and so like I want to experience it. But then also like I didn't show up to do the marathon in <laughs> Death Valley because it's so hot. One thing I can't handle is being hot. Like I I can handle being cold barely, but I really can't do hot. It's it's not pleasant. I no. will give you that. So on October 17th, 2014, Kenny posted a YouTube video entitled M Cave Hike. Unlike his previous videos, this one caught the YouTube algorithm just right and gained a lot of traction. In the nearly 22-minute long video, Kenny describes to his audience something strange that he stumbled across in the Mojave Desert during one of his solo hikes. Natalia, we're going to watch a part of this video now. All right. Well, here I am on my hike up here in the mountains north of... Las Vegas. This is the uh, this is a canyon I just walked up in. Now you can't tell, but my truck is way out there by the mount- mountains at the very very end of this valley. It's kind of like a big canyon. Uh, on the other side of these mountains, I'll show you in a second, are the uh, is the bombing range, the Nellis Air Force bombing range. Um, they do a lot of practice stuff out there. This is an old mine, and there's a hole here that just goes way down. I'll show you that. And then uh, the last time I came up here, I hiked up to the top of uh, what they call Gas Peak, and I spent the night. Um, it was a two-day hike, and then I hiked all the way down to another valley over here and went past this mountain range you see on my right, all the way back out to the flat desert. Now, the camera doesn't pick this up very well, but it's a long way. And uh, I just romp around out here, do some solo hikes, and have some fun. My mission today is to uh, just do a one-day hike. It's about a 10-hour hike. Um, i got to still go over another ridge and then go all the way down uh, a big crevice. It's real narrow and gets kind of scary. Uh, and uh, I'm looking for a cave that I, I found, and I didn't, have a, I didn't have a sidearm when I was here before. And something about that cave just 
spooked me out of all the caves I've ever gone in. This one just made my body vibrate. The closer I got to it, the crazier my body felt. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to go in there right now, but I'm coming back someday. And I talked to some people on YouTube and I told them, hey, I'm coming out here, you know, because they, they kind of called my hand on it. So I don't know if there's going to be anything to it, but it, it might be interesting. Uh, if I can find it, I got to relocate it. And this is a big mountain range I'm in. And uh, I'm not, I'm on foot, you know, my truck's way out there. There's no roads, there's no trails. It's a pretty rough terrain. So uh, hopefully I'll find it. It's shaped like a big M. It's a big cave that looks just like a gigantic M. And it's about as tall as I am and kind of narrow. And uh, it's stuck on the side of a mountain. Uh, so I hope I can find it again. And if, if I do, I'm, I'm going in there. I'm going to put on my light and take my gun out and walk in there, see if I find anything. We'll see. Um, I'm going to take the camera and show you how deep this hole is and kind of show you around um, real quick. So here we go. Okay, so let's pause there for now, Natalia. Can, can I just say something? Yes. A fucking M cave. I'm not going in any fucking cave unless it's shaped like an O. Yeah. <laughs> What the Unless fuck? there's sufficient clearance. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to pause here because, Natalia, I was hoping you could kind of sum this up for our listeners because I know sometimes when – this includes me – sometimes when I'm, like, watching a video, the comprehension of what I'm watching is a lot different than if someone explains it to me. Right. Yeah, I like to have both. I like to yeah. watch something and then have someone give me the spark notes. Exactly. So can you offer the spark notes to our listeners of these two and a half minutes we just watched? Yes. So basically the video Alyssa just showed me is a guy standing up on top of a desert mountain next to like literally an old mine. So there's like a rusted old uh, track or like ladder that goes down deep underground. And then there's this guy and he looks like um, like a paleontologist, like he's wearing... He's Indi very Indiana Jones. Yeah, like he's wearing floppy bucket hat like situation. And he's got like lots of light layers, like Columbia shirt or something like that, hiking boots. And he just sounds kind of out of breath. Like he literally just hiked there, set up the camera and he's like, hey... I basically have been hiking for a really long time. I came up this really steep hill and I'm trying to go back to this cave that I saw the last time I came out here that I couldn't even get near because I was so afraid of it. It right. like literally made my body vibrate. And I, oh, that just gave me chills. And uh, so I, I left and I guess he... Um, afterwards like maybe through whatever channels on youtube he's connected with like commented about the m cave and some other people are like no you got to do it or like giving him some sort of encouragement and he's like okay so now i'm gonna go do it um i'm gonna go find it and he was like it's really really narrow i have to find it again i don't know where it was and this is like you know really like hard terrain and he even mentioned that it was really narrow and like made him nervous and he said he was going to uh, put his light on and take out his gun and just go in there. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's I, it gives me the chills too. thinking about like, imagine you're just on a solo hike through no. this area that you love, that you've hiked through a lot. And all of a sudden you see something that you've never really seen before. And I leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he even says in the video that he has come across a lot of caves. It's not like he doesn't see caves and canyons and holes and in the mountain. But this particular cave, just something about it made him think twice. He got a bad feeling in his gut and he said, I'm not going to explore this cave. I'm going to come back later with a gun. 
What? How would a gun help you? Well, if it's like a mountain lion in there, then you'd shoot it, right? With a gun. Look, it's not, it's a bad situation regardless. Either there's a crazy mountain man living in there. Yeah, like a witch. Yeah. Or like the ghost of an old prospector on a donkey with hidden treasure. Isn't the Lost Dutchman's gold mine somewhere over there? Uh, That's in the Superstition Superstition Mountain Range in Arizona, I believe, or New Mexico. I don't know. Oh, New Mexico, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, very creepy so far. Yeah, so creepy. So we're going to continue and watch the next section of the video. This area is um, that I'm in, it's kind of a weird thing. It's been out here forever. I mean, there's no roads. There's no trails. Um, uh, This thing, who knows how long it's been out here. And I have no idea what they were digging up. But it looks like some of the rocks are kind of rusty. So it might have been some kind of ore. Um, this is kind of iffy. I'm going to step on this thing. It's very old. But I'll just show you down inside that hole. It goes way, way, way down in there. Let me see if I can... That goes way down in there. If you fell, that'd be it. You'd be a goner. It's a long way. So anyway, um, on the other side of those mountains, they're, they're, they're not that far away, but they're a pretty good distance out there. Uh, on the other side of those is where I'm going to be popping out after I go over this. See, there's this there's this little canyon I got to go down. I got to go over this mountain, and then I drop way down this mountain into a canyon, and I head off in that direction. I just go that direction, and that's west, heading towards, that's Mount Charleston, that big mountain out there. That's, that's the Mount Charleston range. And then, so I'll be heading down behind this mountain over here in a little canyon that gets kind of, kind of scary because there's all kinds of cliffs and stuff. And then, uh, Hopefully I'll find that cave. It's like back over there somewhere, but down on the other side of that mountain. And then I got to walk all the way along this whole gigantic range on the outside of that, that mountain. Um, because I came down this valley. You'll see this valley. But I got, I'll be out there where the desert's flat. I don't know if you can see that. Let me see. And then I got to walk all the way down, 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 down. All the way back to way out there. And then I got to come back up uh, and find my truck. So... It's going to be a long time. It it might the sun might be down by the time I get. I started at seven o'clock, but I'm thinking the sun might be down by the time I get back to my truck. But the great thing about it is, I have a big uh, cooler full of beer waiting for me. It's going to taste so great because <laughs> I didn't bring a whole lot of water and I only got like one candy bar to get me through. But uh, I like roughing it that way. So I slept up in these mountains and it's pretty high. Um, I think that's about. Uh, it's like. 9,000 feet up there um, and it, it it's the, the camera just doesn't do it justice but I slept on one of those peaks I think that's the peak I slept on and uh, uh, then I came down in the morning and uh, it took me quite a while to get out of this mountain range and uh, I walked almost all the way back to the highway and uh, uh, my girlfriend picked me up so <laughs> it was it was a long trip I was pretty wore out and beat up but uh, that's what I do. I'm out here having a good time. So I'm going to hang it up and uh, hopefully I'll find that cave. If I find the cave, I'm definitely going to set up my, my tripod over here and uh, I'm going to go check it out. So you'll see me with my gun in hand and my flashlight and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be freaked out like I was last time. Who knows? There might have been a mountain lion in there and it was just my sixth sense talking to me. So uh, I'll catch you later. Talking to you in a minute. <laughs> Bye.
Okay, that is so haunted because he's saying literally, I have a sixth sense, something telling me there's danger. And it's like he got spooked. Well, and we've talked about this on the show before. Your gut instinct is a survival mechanism. Like we didn't develop that gut feeling, that like feeling that something's wrong. We didn't develop that by chance. That's like a, a mechanism that through evolution has been ingrained in us to help us survive right people who didn't have that they all died like yes. their bloodlines are gone bye bye yeah exactly. you saw the rope bridge and we're like no no no, it's gonna be fine while like my bloodline was like fuck no exactly. i'm staying right here <laughs> and your shit's gone your shit is gone yeah your lineage ended because right your ancestor was like was you, brave yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes. So he he's basically saying like everything in his body and gut was like screaming at him to not go in this cave. Yeah. But then, you know, he went online. He started posting about it. Like I said, he was pretty active in these survivalist communities. Right. You know, he's commenting on other people's videos, perhaps. Or maybe people are commenting on his and he's replying. We don't really know. But he's basically just saying like, yeah, everyone's kind of calling me out, saying right. I didn't really see this cave. So, all right, I'm going to go back this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do and it. And his natural natural like survival instinct was overshadowed by his natural instinct to belong to a tribe yeah totally both totally natural a tale old as time evolutionary devices uh, exactly maslow's hierarchy of needs right part of it is belonging mm-hmm. like we want to feel loved and accepted and like there are people out there that relate to us and we relate to them right so great point like basically your gut instinct can be overshadowed by peer pressure. Yeah. 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 Don't do drugs. Don't do. (laughs) (laughs) As the video continues, Kenny continues to film different parts of his journey, including him foraging for and eating sweet wild pine nuts and giving survivalist tips to his viewers. He remarks that he enjoys challenging himself and likes to see how long he can hike without food or water. The video continues with him turning the camera off and then back on again whenever he sees something interesting, all the while still searching for this mysterious M cave. Hmm. So I'm going to skip forward and show you another minute of this video. So other people have seen the cave or they were just like, oh, no, you're telling us about this cave. It sounds cool. Go back and film it. The second thing you said. So he basically had commented and we'll talk a little bit later about what some of the comments he was leaving looked like. But he was commenting on other people's videos um, being like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I also hike through the Mojave. And I saw this really weird cave, like this really weird thing happened to me. I got like my whole body was vibrating. I just felt so uneasy. And so then people were commenting on his comment, like replying to him saying, you're just telling a tall tale. You're just clout chasing in like the survivalist community. Like you're just trying to bring popularity to your YouTube channel. And he's like, bitch, I like being alone. I don't need you. Exactly. I will go back to this cave now. He's like, bitch, I'm inventing (laughs) toilet paper holders that your mind cannot comprehend i do not need your approval but also you're calling me out and now i feel pressured and like i want to show you i'm not a fucking liar liar. Yeah. yeah so let's watch the next part of this video okay so i'm back i i came down one mountain i came over a ridge and i dropped down inside this canyon a few caves over there but that's not where i found it out that direction is the direction i'm heading and it is it is a long way so 
Whew, I'm gonna be worn out, but that beer is gonna taste good. So this is the kind of terrain I, I hike over all the time. No trails, no trash, no people. Um, I'm sure there's mountain lions out here. Um, and all kinds of other critters. No bears, obviously there's no bears out here. I got a ways to go down here. So I'm gonna turn this off and if I find the cave, I'll be turning it back on. Bye-bye. I'm in a big giant creek bed right now and uh, I haven't come to the area where the cave is. Um, so it's along here somewhere. So I do all of this solo, you know, and it's, it's, it gets, it's kind of dangerous. And I try to pretend like I don't have any supplies. You know, I bring water and I bring something to eat, but I haven't eaten anything since I started this hike and I've only had two small gulps of water. So I kind of try to pretend that I'm running out or I don't have it just so I can see how far I can actually go before I feel like I'm in trouble. That way, if I ever do get in trouble, I know when <laughs> I know when I should start panicking how long I have before I'm in trouble and then uh, there's lots of little caves um, but they're you know they're not the kind of cave I'm looking for the kind of cave I'm looking for is, is deep and it's dark and it's uh, it's shaped like it's, it's shaped just like the letter M so lots of little caves and stuff along here and it's about it's about level with the ground, like like right like in an area like this. So I really got to keep my eyes peeled because I don't want to pass it. And there's caves. There's actually caves all over the place up here. It's kind of a it's a really cool place if you want if you want to come spelunking. This is the place to come spelunking, man. Canyons galore. I I must have passed three canyons already. Here's a little canyon or a crevice, more like it. <laughs> It goes on up in there. It's kind of cool. I like going up in stuff like that because that's where I find my skulls, you know, off the beaten path. Not that this is a beaten path. <laughs> very, 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 very few people come down here. Did I say enough berries? Here's where it gets narrow. It starts to get narrow anyway. Um, I still got a ways to go before I get to the opening where I step out into the desert. And I have not seen the funny looking little cave. But I did see a rock cairn, so somebody has been down here. Another adventurer like myself. Okay, so this next section of the video, Natalia, can you describe to our listeners? Yeah, you know those things in Star Wars that like live in the hills and they're like yeah. <laughs> That is what that looked like to me. Like every time he was zooming into one of those little holes that was in the wall, I was just like convinced that I was going to see a little Ewok thing with like red eyes wearing a fucking potato sack with like a rope tied around its waist. That's the crazy thing about the desert, though, is it literally looks like another planet. Yeah, it does. It, it looks like the surface of Mars right. or the surface. Yeah. Of some like Star Wars planet totally. yeah. yeah and it's like so unnerving because it's so foreign um yeah that video we just watched he's basically walking through this canyon and there are literal caves everywhere like little like holes that go into the side of the mountain maybe i don't know 10 15 feet like you can see that they are not super deep 
it almost looks like an animal's like refuge or something is there. But if I see that kind of stuff when I'm out hiking by myself, I'm scared because I'm like something could live in there. Yeah. Like and, you know, I would be happy if it was an animal. Like if I saw a person, I would just like if I had the gun, they'd be dead immediately. (laughs) But like as we've talked about on the show before, (laughs) Natalia should never be given a concealed carry license because she will shoot you if you pop out too quickly from around a corner. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know, maybe just because I know like something bad's going to happen to this guy because this is an episode of Let's Get Haunted. Right. I'm just getting such heebie-jeebies. Oh, like, totally. Like, everything he's doing is stressing me out. There was, in an earlier video, I forgot to talk about it, He there's, like, that mine shaft that goes down, and he's like, oh, let me show you how deep this goes down. Then he's like, oh, I probably shouldn't step on this because it doesn't look, like, too sturdy. And he, like, steps on a probably 200-year-old piece of wood <laughs> yeah. that's, like, over a mine shaft and just zooms down the hole with the camera, and I'm just like... sweating yeah i my palms are very sweaty yeah this whole story basically like you said kenny is zooming in with his camera on different little caves as he's walking through this canyon but he remarks that he has not seen the m cave yet and he's really sort of mystified by that because he knows it should be somewhere along this path but he can't find it and he describes the m cave in this clip as well and he describes it as being dark deep shaped exactly like an M and starting from the floor up. starting from the floor and about as tall as he is yeah and skinny yeah so scary it's so like, that that sounds like a very odd description of a cave doesn't yeah. it I don't know like I've never seen a cave like that it does it sounds like the mussy like the mountain <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense because ca- if caves are traditionally worn away from water Right? Like, isn't that how a cave is made most time? I know someone really smart is be like, actually, there's several different kinds of caves. Yeah, I get it. But it's not from like a guy drilling a hole in the wall. Right. It's natural right. from like some sort of natural phenomenon. Right. Like, like an earthquake splits a mountain. Yeah. Or, or like something. lava cooled, like at a rate different than some other stupid metal or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like a, to make an M shape like that. That starts from the ground and goes up. And a skinny letter M, too. So it's not like, you know, some bullshit thing that kind of looks like an M. He's describing essentially a perfect letter M, capital letter M. Oh, what if it's monster energy? Oh, my God. Monster <laughs> energy. The devil's juice. <laughs> Have you ever seen those clips of, no. like, that old lady? Uh-uh. Who- okay, wait. Quick, quick. This is important, you guys, because any time to clown on a dumbass okay (laughs) wait what is it okay old lady monster energy devil drink look at your m closely there's a gap right here in the letter m it's never connected so you go into hebrew the letter vav is also the number six short top long tail short top long tail. You could have here in Hebrew 666 on the can. But my interest is the word monster. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. Okay. What has Christ got to do with an energy drink, let alone the name monster? So I thought, well, maybe this is a Christian company then. BFC at the bottom of the can. Do you know what that stands for? That's the F word. Big can. In fact, they write it on the side of the can, so I know that's the F word. 
Okay. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the box. MILFs, dig it, and you will too. This is not a Christian company at all. So why would they have put a cross on the can? Here is the message. Antichrist. 666 in Hebrew. And then the Bible talks about the beast in Revelation. And look at Monster's ad. This is their statement. You see these M's everywhere. Hats, t-shirts, bumper stickers. Is there another agenda here? If God can use people and product, so can Satan. And look at it this way. Even if the M was not the issue, you cannot deny that that is a cross. And what is witchcraft? When the cross goes upside down. Bottoms up. And the devil laughs. Okay, my jaw is on the floor right now because I know you meant to show that to me to be like, look how stupid this lady is, but like, sh she's spitting facts. That is clearly like a 666 monster unleash the beast, but it's also a joke, right? Like, isn't that, it's like a joke. I think this is how conspiracy theories start. Like, it's just some crazy lady, possibly me. <laughs> like, like I think we should interview her on Let's Get Haunted. Like, as she was going through that, I was like, wow, this lady's, like, spitting facts. Let's find her if she's still alive and feature her on the next episode. I almost lost my shit, though, when she was, like, the MILF part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me show you the next section of this video. Well, I'm in the canyon, and uh, I haven't found... I haven't found the cave, but look what I did find. He is big. Look at the horns on that guy. That's why I love coming out here. You never know what you're going to see. Oh man, he's looking right at me and he probably hears me talking. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I'll try to get another shot of him. Well, I did not find the cave. That is so weird. I mean, I thought for sure I was just going to be able to find it. Um, I remember it being fairly easy, uh, who knows, but I am at the mouth of the canyon there. I'm just now coming out and now I have to take a big left-hand turn and walk all the way back to my truck, which is a long, hard trip because I've got a lot of up and down to do. And that's it. I'll talk to you when I get back to my truck. Bye-bye. What a hike. It's disappointing I didn't find the cave, but I still like to hike. And I just came across this fellow. It's been a while since I saw one. It's a nice little Mojave Desert tortoise. This is about how big he is. There's my hand next to him. So he's pretty good size. Yeah, I'm not gonna touch him. You're not supposed to touch him or mess with him. It is highly illegal. He's a good sized guy. Desert tortoise. So now I've seen a tarantula. <laughs> I took a picture of the tarantula. He, he wasn't a very big guy. And uh, this is the mountain range I'm walking around right now. Vegas is out that way. There's Mount Charleston. It's got a nice cool breeze going. If I wasn't hiking, I wouldn't be hot. Uh, and that is it. So see you later, tortoise. Bye, guy. Oh my god, I just had a thought. Okay, the M 
is like the mountain goat and he was looking at him and then if you take a uh, okay if you took a silhouette of what that i should not have shown you that monster (laughs) energy video (laughs) that was creepy though there was like a big big horn sheep and it literally looks like a devil like every movie is like oh this is what the devil looks like it's like this fucked up goat thing right and it turns and it turns and looks right at him oh my god i have the chills do those eat people probably who's to say (laughs) so in this section of the video like you just said Kenny continues searching unsuccessfully for the M cave and comments that he's seen evidence that someone else has been in this area. What? I I don't think I played that part, but yeah. So he comments that he can tell he seems to see that there's like a path or like evidence of trash, like that somebody has been in that area, which is unusual since it's extremely far from civilization. And it's definitely not part of any hiking path. That is so scary. So as Kinney continues on his journey, he films a bighorn sheep high up on a rock until he gets to the end. So the video ends with Kinney filming a desert tortoise he comes across and explaining that you cannot interact with the wildlife because it is illegal to do so, which in my opinion just demonstrates Kinney's unwavering respect for his natural surroundings. Yeah, definitely. So after watching this video, Natalia, what else do you think about Kinney so far? Because I asked you after you watched the toilet paper roll video, Mm -hmm. but now we've seen like a longer one. So have you formed any more opinions on Kinney? On the one hand, he's so casual and nonchalant that it really comes off as the type of confidence that only comes from experience. Right. Like uh, someone who just does this all the time and knows what they're talking about. On the other hand, it could be someone who's naive and is casual and nonchalant because they don't know that they're near danger, but he doesn't really seem like, I don't know, my my first instinct with him is to think that he's, you know, one of those people who's uh, just really experienced in their skill. Like, you know, when you're learning some sort of sport or like some new thing and there's always that like... that old person who's been doing it forever and they simplify everything and they're like you know the person who's always the worst at the sport is like the one who tries to give you a bunch of tips and and stuff and is like yeah I'm like on this sport team and I do this and like those shoes you have aren't good for this and like don't drink that water there or like you should never do that before this and it's just because they're trying to make themselves seem like they like know what they're talking about right but the person fake it till you make it. Yeah, but the person who's like actually legit, like I always think about this with horse people. The people who like actually know what the fuck they're talking about are just like these like old cowboy people or cowgirl type people who like literally know what the fuck they're talking about and they're just like don't need to talk about it. Right. They just do it. <laughs> they just do it exactly. Right. Yeah. And he kind of seems like that to me. Like yeah. he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to walk down this and I'm going to come out around there. And he's like trying to explain it in a way that makes sense to people who are watching this that don't necessarily know about this area or hiking. So I don't think he seems like someone who would get himself into the kind of trouble that he couldn't get himself out of. Like I think if he were to approach that M cave and he was like, I'm looking in it and it's way too small. It's like not safe. I'm just gonna show it to you guys. Like he would do that. Cause he already did that with the hole, with the mine hole. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. yeah. He didn't try to like lower himself into oh, that mine shaft and on that two hundred year old ladder. You right. know, he just 
He did step on wooden planks that may or may not have been very safe, but he didn't try to go down this like 60 foot mine shaft. Yeah, but the wooden planks were also like there were some rocks under them. So even if the plank would have broken, he would have like hit, like broken his ankle or something. It wouldn't have been like he fell down into the hole. That's true. Good point. And also, I'm sure he told people where he was going and what he right, was doing. Right. His girlfriend knew where he was going to be or something like that. Too. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So in the beginning of his video, which you pointed out, Natalia, Kenny mentions that he had commented on various YouTube vlogs, not on his own channel, but on other hiker or adventurer channels or just videos about things in the Mojave Desert in general. And he says that he had told others about the M cave in the comments of some of these vlogs that he was watching to get the opinions of other people in the desert exploration community. So let's take a look at some of those comments. According to NevadaMagazine.com, in June of 2014, Kinney left a mysterious comment on a video entitled, Son of an Area 51 Technician. Every source I read said that the video was titled, Son of an Area 51 Technician. However, I just want to point out, it's actually titled, Area 51 Technician's Son Discloses Secret Alternative Energy, <laughs> uploaded by user Dr. Stephen Greer on December 3rd, 2013. And I want to point that out because I was so frustrated trying to find this video because in every article written about Kenny Veach, it's like, Son of an Area 51 technician and so I was typing that into YouTube and nothing was popping up and then I I realized it's because it's the wrong title and people have just been like copy pasting the wrong title right it's like a copy pasta but wait what alternate energy source oh don't you worry we're about to get into that so before I read the comment Kenny left I want to play this video for you Natalia because I think it's relevant okay my name is Paul A. Chutes, and my father's name is Paul A. Chutes. My father, uh, I was first of all raised in Kwajalein Marshall Islands in the South Pacific from the age of five through seventh grade. Uh, my father was relocated uh, from that military installation to Nellis Air Force Base, where he uh, continued to serve out his, his career. He had always informed our family that um, he was an optical engineer and worked on at, at range 61 and range 62, which are um, is a, a non-secure range north of Tonopah, Nevada. My father would leave every morning at about 4:30, quarter to five, and come home very late at night, about 7:30, 8 o'clock. First of all, he he would leave uh, at the airport. Um, we lived very close to the airport very close to um, where Wayne Newton lives in that area of Las Vegas and uh, he would get on a 737 aircraft that was unmarked that did not have any identification numbers on it. There was a number of them, maybe five or six aircraft in the fleet um, and uh, he would leave on this aircraft every morning. Um, uh, from Las Vegas um, to Area 51, my father basically um, very conservative. I was raised a Republican. Uh, I was very active in the LDS church growing up. This whole story really begins when um, after he retired and this was in 1993 um, I was working in an export business and was going back and forth between um, San Francisco area and, and uh, Munich, Germany and my father and I hooked up over there and it was one of the first times that I really ever had the opportunity to interact with him and to 
converse with him. And um, we sat in a beer garden in Munich, and um, he basically had been withholding a tremendous amount of of, of um, truths. And he, he had come to a point where he, he wanted to share with me a little bit more about himself and who he was because he felt that he had neglected me growing up. And, um, and he had told me that he had worked at a, a secure installation. Um, and as I queried him further, um, he talked about uh, that he was given different technologies uh, that were given from universities. That's what his explanation was. And that he, was, he and his team were to recreate the technologies or adapt them in certain ways. Um, and uh, most, the project that he had, had worked on, um, he had been working on it for a number of years, like five or six or seven years. And it concluded uh, when they had tested a device that was supposed to be a new type of energy source direction. Um, and they had taken it out into the range. Um, and it had literally uh, blown up when they tried to activate it and they tried to uh, turn it on. Um, one of the things that he found interesting was that it had a lot of organic um, composition within the, the material structure. and. Yeah, sum that up because the neurons were firing and I think they were over firing. It was a lot of very interesting, juicy information packed into a short interview. What does the Mormons have to do with this? I know they're responsible. The M cave, Mormon, Mormon cave. cave. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So is that where the Mormon things were found? So first, let me summar <laughs> first let me summarize this video for you, and then I'll tell you why they were Mormon, I guess. So, <laughs> so the video is of an interview between Dr. Stephen Greer and Paul H. Utz, son of Paul A. Utz, who worked as a high-level engineer in Area 51 with one of the highest security clearances possible. At one point, he says his father was going for Q clearance. And as we learned in the QAnon episode... That's QAnon. Yeah, that's one of the highest security clearances, right? Right. So his father could be QAnon. We're not ruling it out. In the interview, Paul explains what it was like growing up with his father, often absent from the home, working on projects he wasn't allowed to share with his family. Paul explains that he grew up living in Las Vegas, and unmarked cars and private planes would often transport his father to different top-secret military testing and practice ranges, laboratories, the, N the Nellis Air Force Base, and Area 51. And Paul tells some stories from his childhood before going on to explain a time when his father got drunk when they were both in Munich and began telling some stories about his work in the government. Specifically, Paul's father told him that he was working as part of a team that was trying to reverse engineer a piece of technology. A piece of technology? What type of piece? So he goes on to explain that the government had got a lot of engineers and made a bunch of different teams and they would give each team a different part of the same piece of technology right so that they couldn't like have the whole thing together exactly. it's kind of what like what hh holmes did when he was building the castle 
You're right. Having different subcontractors. Right. Yeah. So they no one knew what they were building. That's a great point. So if you guys don't know what Natalia is talking about, go listen to the HH Holmes episode. Basically, there was a crazy murderer guy (laughs) who hired different people to build different parts of his house so that nobody would no one person would know the entire layout of his house. True. True. So similar, right? So they had all these groups of engineers and scientists that were working on a different piece of the same technology, trying to reverse engineer it. And Paul's father goes on to tell him that the technology was very interesting and unique because it had a component that appeared to be organic or alive. Wow. Right. Like I've always thought about that, that whatever sort of technology the aliens are using has to be so far advanced that we really can't tell the difference between it and like organic matter, right? Like we can't even comprehend it. So how are we going to possibly harness that technology? Right. Right. I mean, yeah, because we like, okay, so our brains are computers, right? And we're like organic material and we're like a spaceship that our brain is driving. You're right. And so what if that's the alien? Like what if the space? What if that's the UFO? Yeah. Yeah. Is the alien. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) So ultimately, Paul's father shares with him that his particular team that was working on reverse engineering this piece of technology was unsuccessful in recreating the technology. And they thought they had built it. They took it out to the um, to the Nellis Air Force Base range. And when they tried to turn it on, it just blew up. Because they could not reverse engineer it. Oh, that's so frustrating. Very frustrating. So, Natalia, you seem to focus on the fact that they were Mormon. And (laughs) I just wanted to say that I kind of went on a tangent while researching this. And I realized that a lot of people hired into the CIA. I don't know if it's still like this or not. But CIA and FBI Are are Mormon. And the reason why they choose people who are Mormon is because typically Mormons don't drink. They don't do drugs. They don't smoke. They don't cheat on their spouses, typically, right? Like, obviously, we know we can't stereotype. It's not... Right. There's going to be some bad Mormons. There's going <laughs> to be some people that aren't, you know, following what they're supposed to do, right? But According they're not going to gonna get into the FBI. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why, typically, at least in olden times, I don't know about now, um, the government used to recruit from the Latter-day Saints churches this because is... they knew they were going to be compliant and, like trustworthy that is so crazy and that almost makes me think that joyce mckinney she was also batshit crazy may have been on to something though when she was talking about like the mormon cult is like trying to take over the world yeah i mean you know you could say that like i don't know you could say like if a guy goes in and like robs a bank and kills somebody but he's like you know what taxes are unfair like you could be like yeah he's right about that but also he still murdered the guy. yeah <laughs> like- yeah exactly <laughs> Okay, so um, Kenny watched this video and he left a comment on it. So the comment says, That ain't nothing. I am a long distance hiker. One time during one of my hikes out by Nellis Air Force Base, I found a hidden cave. The entrance to the cave was shaped like a perfect capital M. I always enter every cave I find, but as I began to enter this particular cave, my whole body began to vibrate. The closer I got to the cave entrance, the worse the vibrating became. Suddenly, I became very scared and hightailed it out of there. That was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. Users began replying to this comment. Many users called him a liar looking for clout. 
Others accused him of being mentally unwell, but the majority of responses were encouraging him to film himself at the M cave. This encouragement is what sparked Kinney to post the vlog that we just watched of him. While it appears that all of these comments have since been deleted from the video, a Reddit user named u slash gm underscore crop underscore victim preserved some of the comments in r slash creepy. We can't see the comments of the people replying to Kinney, but we can see what Kinney was commenting and responding during this time frame. So I'm going to read you some of those comments. Kinney says, No, I solo hike across mountaintops that most people wouldn't dare go. I have been in more caves than I can count. I play with rattlesnakes for fun. But this one particular cave was beyond anything I had ever encountered. Someday I will go back and I will bring a weapon with me. All I had at the time was a knife and a wrist rocket. What's a wrist rocket? It is... A slingshot? Yep. It's a slingshot. Yes. So he says the reason why he didn't go into the M cave is because all he had was a knife and a slingshot, but he... It it's made also him... such a humble brag of like, I didn't go in there because I just had my slingshot and my knife. Next time I'll go in when I have my gun too. Uh. Okay. I'm remembering a time when I was in college and someone left a slingshot in my car and I didn't... I like... I don't even remember why, to be honest with you, but somebody had left a slingshot in my car. And my ex-boyfriend had called me and been like, hey, can you pick me up? And me and my roommate up were like really drunk. And I was like, yeah, sure, because I lived for the drama at the time. So I drove over there and I picked them up and the roommate got into the back of my truck and he saw the slingshot and he was like, you have a fucking slingshot in your car? You're like the coolest person ever. And you were just like, yeah. And I was, I didn't even explain that it wasn't mine. I was just like, yeah, that's right. And they're really cool. Oh my God. Yeah. Pick me. I have a slingshot in it's my car. It's literally. Yeah. Pick me. I drink Coors Light and have a slingshot. Okay. Kenny says, I am going back. I have a very nice video camera. I am not into filming blurry images of the ground. I will film what I saw. I can't say that it will be interesting. Maybe it's just a strange looking cave that has a mountain lion living in it. It should be sometime this week. I will have my nine millimeter with me this time, just in case. Last time I was unarmed. It's a 10 hour hike, no trails, very dangerous terrain. The mountain is located right next to a bombing range. I have found some giant empty rounds of ammo before. I have just been waiting for the Vegas weather to cool down. It's not the kind of hike one would do in the summer. I hope it turns out to be something crazy. That would be so cool. In another comment, Kenny says, I got back from a 10-hour hike yesterday. I completely searched the whole damned canyon and I could not relocate the cave. I found a tarantula, a tortoise, a ram, but I could not find the cave. I don't know if, you've ever, if you have ever climbed up and down a mountain for 10 hours, but it wore me out. All I got of it were some nice photos and a big bag full of pe uh, pine nuts. This is the perfect time of year to find pinion nuts. Thanks for asking. And then in one more comment, he says, I'm going again this weekend. I will be hiking solo for three days. I plan on covering about 40 miles. I will cross through the same canyon where I found the cave. If I don't find it again, I will just continue hiking over mountain after mountain to the north of the canyon. I dare any of the people that like to run their mouths on here to join me. 
My hikes are brutal on the body. After one of my long hikes, some of my toenails turn black and fall off. I lose about 13 pounds of body weight. It takes me about three days to recover from the abuse I put myself through, but I love every minute of it. There is no guarantee that I will find the cave again. The region that I cover is vast. There are many caves. I have been in hundreds of them. The M cave is the only cave I have ever feared going inside. I really want to find it again. He's kind of like egging them on now. Like they're like, oh, like I'm presuming that they're like, oh, you're a pussy. You're not going to go in it. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're the pussy. I dare you to come on one of my hikes. You're going to lose 13 pounds. And half your toes. Right. Yeah. No, we can't see the comments that come before or after these, obviously. But I agree with you. I think they must have been saying something pretty like taunting, taunting like bro Chad comments in yeah. order for him to respond that way because yeah, in, he turned on his Chad. Yeah, he definitely did. He was like, oh, you're a Chad. Let, Let me, me match you. Yeah, yeah, I got to show you my Chad. Like it reminds me of when dogs see each other and like their hair stands up to make yeah. themselves look bigger. <laughs> right. That was like the hiking version of that. I, I agree. That's like a great... I don't take blurry photos of the ground. My camera is very high definition. Actually. Yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> someone commented and was like, Oh, you're going to go back? Yeah, right. I bet you're going to just like show a blurry photo and tell us it's the M cave. It's going to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, unfortunately, Kenny's M cave vlog, which we watched, was met with a lot of harsh comments telling him that since he was unable to find and film the alleged M cave, he must have made the whole thing up for his YouTube channel. While most comments ridiculed Kenny, one mysterious comment by a user named Lemmy Kilmeister reads as follows. No, do not go back there. If you find that cave entrance, don't go in. If you do, you won't get out. Kenny himself responded to this comment writing, what makes you say that? But the user never commented anything else and never elaborated on why they posted that. Eventually, the user would delete their comment. Perhaps motivated by the mean comments he received on his blog, on November 10th, 2014, Kinney told his girlfriend that he was setting off once more to look for the M cave. Only this time, Kinney would never return. Do we know for a fact that he was like a real person who disappeared and like this isn't just like someone pretending? Yes, we know for a fact. Okay. According to NevadaMagazine.com, quote, he told his family he was going for a short overnight trip, though he would never return. His disappearance would soon turn up on a Las Vegas news station, and the search was on. Large search parties and helicopters swarmed the area where Kinney was known to be hiking. NevadaMagazine.com goes on to write, In the beginning of the M-Cave hike video Kinney posted before his disappearance, he is standing by an abandoned mineshaft, narrating some information about the cave he's seeking out. It was there that on November 22, 2014, search and rescue volunteers found Kinney's cell phone, indicating that he had, in fact, gone out searching for the cave again. Why would he drop his cell phone? That doesn't make sense. An article at News 3 Las Vegas details... We found his cell phone close to a very vertical old mine shaft, and we can't find another trail, Red Rock Search and Rescue Commander Dave Cummings told News 3. It doesn't mean that he's down the mine shaft, but we have tracked him as far as we can. 
We are having our other crews come in from the search areas. That seems like a setup, because if he did go down there, there's no reason for him not to take his cell phone with him. I agree with you. After his cell phone was found, a rescue crew with the equipment to descend into the decrepit mine shaft was dispatched. After thoroughly searching the shaft, the crew unfortunately came up empty-handed. No trace of Kinney was found in the mine. Although search and rescue continued to look for Kinney using dogs, helicopters, and group searching in a grid formation, the trail would unfortunately go cold. On December 10th, 2014, Kinney's girlfriend Sherion commented on one of his YouTube videos. In the comment, she informed Kinney's followers that he had been reported as a missing person. Once the YouTube community was alerted, many desert survivalist vloggers in the Mojave volunteered their time to search for Kinney in the remote sections of the desert, but still no traces of Kinney were ever found. To this day, Kinney, whether alive or dead, has never been found, leading to much speculation about what may have happened to him. The mysterious circumstances surrounding his vanishing have fueled the internet with conspiracy theories, ranging from the wacky to the downright creepy. Once HLN, which is CNN's true crime TV series network, got a hold of the story in 2021, more information regarding Kinney's final communications were revealed to the public. Kinney's last text message exchange occurred on Facebook the day before he left for his hike. The conversation was between himself and his nephew, Hunter. Natalia, I would like you to read this. It is a Facebook message exchange between Kinney and Hunter. And since Hunter is the one who screenshotted it, Hunter's texts appear on the right-hand side as blue and Kinney's are on the left-hand side in gray. Um, so Hunter says, where are you going to be hiking? Maybe one of the time that I can come home, I'll stop by and join you on one. I'm sure I'll enjoy whatever it is that you got me. Thank you. Then Kenny says, I'm going to try for 45 miles out in the mountain ranges north of Vegas. It's definitely going to be one of my more brutal hikes. I'll be solo because it's just too dangerous to bring anyone with me. It's way harder and farther than what you and I did. And then Hunter says, Sounds it. Definitely send some pictures if you take any while you're out there. Would like to see what all you did. Kenny says, Okay. Take care till then. Hunter says, Will do. You too. So he's basically telling his nephew, like, no, you can't come because it's too dangerous. Yeah, so... From the exchange, we don't know how old his nephew is. I couldn't find that information, and also I didn't want to dox the nephew. Um, But it sounds like Hunter has accompanied him on past hikes, Mm -hmm. and Kenny had shared that he was going to go out and try to find this M cave. And so Hunter's like, hey, I want to come. But Kenny's like, no, this is way different than the last time I brought you out because I'm doing 45 miles. It's not going to be a one-day situation. It's going to be multiple days. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable bringing you because I just think it's it would be too much. Yeah, like I am vibrating. I can't deal with you vibrating. Exactly. Many people had long speculated that Kenny's body must be somewhere deep in the mine shaft where his phone had been discovered. But in a video from January 1st, 2022... Two explorers from the YouTube channel known as Off the Trail are seen making their way through the abandoned mine shaft where Kenny's phone was found. And I'm going to play you part of it. 
um, but with sound off because there's no narration. It's just this really annoying background music. So you are just going to have to tell people what they're seeing. Wouldn't the search and rescue team have like looked down that shaft? They said that they did, but people didn't believe them is basically like the public and the internet was like, he has to be down there because that's where his phone was. And as you pointed out, why would he ever leave his phone behind? It doesn't make any sense, right? Unless he was trying to leave a clue. Right. Could be that. Or it could be, I think people were thinking, what if he fell down the mine shaft? And like, as he was falling, he like threw, I don't know, like his phone fell out because it just was kind of haphazardly. Right. Or maybe he fell down there and he was like, oh, if I throw my phone up to the top, then someone will then see someone it. will see it. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember in the video, he says, oh, if you fell down there, you'd be a goner. Right. So he could have fallen down there, like broken a leg or something, and then just been like, someone's going to come looking for me because they know I'm here. Exactly. So basically, these survival, this survivalist community, they very much have this attitude of like, we can do it better than anyone else, which I, I think, believe them. Yeah. Which is evident from all these videos we've watched. Yeah. Right. Like all these people very much have an attitude of like, I'm going to do it myself. Right. So after this went viral amongst the survivalist communities, Different people with different YouTube channels were like, yeah, fuck it. We have the experience. We'll go out there and look for him, right? Mm -hmm. So this one video um, that I'm about to show you, a section of, shows these guys going down the mineshaft. Okay. So, yep, this is nightmares. Um, Oh, my God. So it's literally someone fucking crawling on their hands and knees through a tiny, like, oh, my God. Ugh. It's giving horror. <laughs> like, it, it, they're crawling on their hands and knees, going through a tiny hole, um, uh, presumably with, like, one of those fucking flashlights that's on your head. You know? What do you call that thing? A headlamp. Yeah. And there's just a f- bunch of, like, broken boards and stuff down there. And it's, like, really small. And it's so small that the person who's spelunking or whatever you call this through is like has to set the camera down and then like elbow their way forward and then like turn around to like pick the camera back up yeah so they're they're actually lowering themselves they're not um, necessarily crawling it's just a it's a straight down vertical shaft it's terrible right it's nightmare fuel yeah, there's like, I just feel like there's going to be like an old devil spirit down there. There, are, These people are absolutely haunted by yeah, this point. This is like where that girl from the ring lives. I agree. So what we're looking at is these two people lowering themselves down this mine shaft with ropes and pulleys. And then once they get to the bottom, they're like poking around at the bottom and like showing the camera what they find at the bottom. Yeah, there's certainly not a dead body down there. No, absolutely not. And in fact, one person commented on this video and said, is the mineshaft complex enough where someone could get lost or die? And off the trail responded, unfortunately, no, just a hole. Yeah, looking at that video, it doesn't look like something where anyone could get lost in it. Like I'm trying to think worst case scenario would be he fell down there and like broke his neck or something and couldn't move. We'd find his body there. Yeah, we would. And I then uh, like if he were to have broken several things, I think he could have climbed up that ladder somehow and gotten out of there. I think so too. And as you said, like in the video, the mine shaft, yeah, it's really fucking deep, but 
not really compared to like what you picture a mine shaft to be, right? Like it's straight down and you would definitely like fuck shit up if you fell down there from the top. Yeah. But when I think of a mine shaft, I'm thinking of like this deep, complex system of like train tracks with like that little cart on it that you yeah. like go up and down the seesaw thing. You know what I'm talking about? Right. To like push it forward. Yes. And then there's like it's buckets. Like a pump jack type thing. Yeah. I don't know what it's called a jack. And there's these like people down there that have the black lung and there are like children and laboring away like chipping away at some sort of mineral ore and then they put it into a bucket and it like gets brought back up this is not that situation it is actually a mine shaft that deadens at a caved in portion that you cannot get past it's definitely been that way for a long time. It's likely that when the mine was decommissioned decades ago, possibly in the 1860s, possibly in the 1940s, like we talked about earlier, um, portions of this were probably blasted with dynamite to prevent explorers from going too deep into it. So, Because that's how mines get decommissioned. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They just blow them up? They blow them up so that way they cave in and that way like nobody can get lost in them. Of course, there are complex mine systems that have not been blown up and that still exist out there and maybe you can stumble upon them and explore if you're fucking brave. But like for people that aren't like doing like a back alley mine shaft, normally when a mining company like goes broke or like pulls out of a situation because it's no longer profitable the government actually tells you that you're supposed to blow it up that way people can't get get inside oh that's crazy because i would be like who cares if they die like you know like how does that affect my right mining company right but (laughs) the government cares apparently or at least pretends to yeah okay so in case you weren't sure kinney's body definitely isn't in there So that just leaves us with the following question. If Kenny isn't in the mine, why was his phone found just outside the opening? Maybe he knows there's GPS on his phone and so he put it there so they could triangulate it. But something had to have gone wrong for him to put his phone there. I agree. I I think something went wrong. Yeah. Either he forgot it. Maybe he like stopped there and was resting and then it fell out of his pocket and he forgot it. But does he really seem like the kind of guy that would just accidentally misplace his phone? No, not at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. And there's another little rabbit hole about the abandoned mine shaft. So this shaft has been explored by quite a few outdoorsmen since Kinney's disappearance. It's kind of turned into like, it's sort of a fad. Like like a carnival. Right. It's, it's. It's like when something bad happens somewhere and then people want to go there. Yeah. Which, like, same. Right. Um, <laughs> like, I'll go to a haunted house, you yeah. know? Like, I'll go to whatever, the site of, like, the Civil War and I'll look at the battlefields, right? Yeah. Like, it's interesting. It's historical. It yeah. So, same with this situation. So, right. a lot of people that are it's enthusiasts. Creepy. Yeah, it's creepy. They go out to this spot. They film themselves going down into it. They upload it to YouTube. Now... In 2017, just three years after Kinney vanished, a YouTuber named Jeff Clark filmed himself descending into the shaft. Later, when he uploaded the footage to YouTube, many users pointed out that there appears to be a small crystal skull amongst the rocks. What? Show picture now. I shall. Users speculated. Could this skull have been left behind by Kinney? Does the skull hold any significance at all? What is it doing there at all? It seems extremely random to rappel down into a condemned vertical mine shaft and nestle a weird purple crystal skull into the side of the shaft. In the 2022 video we just watched, users pointed out that the skull is no longer there, meaning that somebody took it. 
On January 12th, 2022, YouTuber Warlike Wrath uploaded a video to his YouTube channel comparing the 2017 and the 2022 Mineshaft footage in a video entitled Kenny Veach Mineshaft, The Skull is Missing. Natalia, I'd like to show you some of that video now. All right. Hi, welcome back. So one thing we need to take a look at is the M mine where Kenny's phone was found. Uh, not to do with the damage, but to do with the crystal skull, the supposed one, which was found in 2017, captured on camera by Jeff Clark. Uh, there is actually more recent footage of people investigating the mine shaft. So the footage was recorded on January the 1st, 2022. So we're dealing with some very up-to-date material, which is good for comparison. So I've got two screenshots here, this one and that one. They're in the same area, just at a different angle. And this is originally where Jeff Clark caught the crystal skull in this area, just resting on the rocks. The problem is the skull is missing. So what I have done is a side-by-side -side direct comparison. On the right, you have the 2017 photo taken by Jeff Clark, and then on the left, you have the most recent photo by the new hikers in 2022. I do want to state and say that both photos are taken in the exact same spot, okay? Yeah, it's really hard for me to see that, but I believe that it is a skull-shaped rock. I was picturing like a skull, like the size of a skull rock, but this is like a very small tumbled stone. Yes, I'm going to upload it with the photo dump and you guys tell me if you think it's a skull or not. I will say if you watch the video um, that the skull is filmed in, you can like see it as the camera's moving and I think it does look more like a skull than the still image. So let's go one deeper down this rabbit hole. According to an article written by Shanna Freeman for science.howstuffworks.com entitled How Crystal Skulls Work, quote, to some people, a crystal skull is simply an object carved from quartz crystal in the shape of a human skull. They can be clear or colored crystal, and they range from crudely carved to incredibly detailed. Some crystal skulls are just a few inches in diameter, while others are life-size. Whether you find them beautiful or creepy, many crystal skulls are representations of amazing craftsmanship. That's part of why some of them have been, and still are, exhibited in museums like the Smithsonian. But according to believers in the supernatural and the occult, crystal skulls are more than just interesting artifacts. They may represent doom and destruction. Some people think that crystal skulls can be used like crystal balls to see visions of the past, present, and future. They claim that the crystal skulls emit psychic energy, auras, or even sounds. Believers point to Mayan creation myths that reference crystal skulls and a story that 13 crystal skulls were scattered by the Mayans thousands of years ago to be discovered and reunited in modern times. The meaning of crystal skulls isn't the only thing up for debate. There's also a lot of mystery surrounding their history. Some think that they're thousands of years old and could have been and could have been placed by aliens, or are relics of lost civilizations like Atlantis or Lemuria. Others call them fakes, carved within the last few hundred years and sold with phony stories so that they could bring better prices at auctions. The controversy dates back to the mid-1930s and continues today, despite the assertions of both New Age believers and skeptics. 
I'm not going to get into the specific legends surrounding the Crystal Skulls because I really think that should be its own episode. That's like the thing with, um, uh, hold on, what's his Indiana name? Jones? No, 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 the guy from Even Stevens. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that's like the Shia LaBeouf Indiana Jones movie. Yes, yeah, Indiana <laughs> Jones and the Crystal Skull or whatever. Yeah, Crystal, the, yeah. Yeah. So basically, let me like TLDR this for you because we're not going to get into that legend. But basically, crystal skulls have been found around the world throughout history. And there is some legend in Mayan um, mythology, apparently, that says that there are 13 crystal skulls. They need to be reunited in order for something to happen. And this legend has kind of taken on its own life. Right. So people go on these expeditions to try to find crystal skulls. They find them. Some of them are put up in the Smithsonian. Some are in the British Museum. Um, others are in like this famous museum in Paris that I can't pronounce because it's in French. Um, and But other people are like, these are just fakes. Like somebody created this fake legend. Archaeologists, we already know, are kind of scam artists. We know this right. from our Egyptology yeah. episode about the pyramids. Um, and so it could be just be a meme. It could be. A, yeah. It's like, oh, if I plant this skull here, like I'm going to get clout from humanity. Exactly. <laughs> but people who are really into this Kenny Beach story and are and um, are also into mysticism, because there's definitely like any time we talk about a conspiracy theory or mm. like an Internet mystery, there's yeah. definitely a, like the mysticism crowd like right. comes in and offers their theories. So when people saw that there was a crystal skull in this mine shaft, they were like, what the fuck? Why is there a crystal skull wedged into a corner of this mine right where Kenny's phone was found? What could this mean? But then nobody offered any explanations for what it means. So I'm just kind of posing this question to you. Like, right. why would there be a crystal skull in this mine shaft? I mean, the skeptic, you know, fedora wearing Reddit right. moderator answer would be that like, oh, uh, like you said, crystal skulls have become synonymous with spirituality and uh, mysticism. So therefore, someone who was following the Kenny Leach case thought that it would be appropriate to place a crystal skull in this corner of the mine so that others could possibly find it and possibly discuss further. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's really boring. So right, like we've moved on from skeptic theories. Yeah, we're done. We like we got that. That yeah. was like implied. Um, so I think that perhaps maybe someone knows what's going on, like that guy who, you know, left the one YouTube comment and then deleted it. Yeah. Maybe there is some sort of untold, you know, secret power that is within that M cave somewhere. Or maybe that M cave wasn't even a cave. Maybe it was some sort of, um hallucination or some sort of what would you call it like like telepathic signal yeah to him or a mirage yeah a mirage and someone's trying to plant that crystal skull there to be like hey this is a clue like this is related we're trying to leave easter eggs for you guys to find this out because i can't come out and say what i know because then i'm gonna get kenny leached I mean, your theory is as good as anything I could think of because I literally could not think of anything. I was like, but it's weird, right? It's like, why is there? Yeah. Why? I mean, people are weird, right? But right. I also don't, maybe I'm just like super naive, but I feel like the Venn diagram of like Crystal Girl and Spelunker is like not very, there's like not a lot of overlap. Do you think that the one 
crystal loving Indiana Jones lore watching uh Kenny Veach following conspiracy theorist following yeah. survivalist could have gone granola. down there and planted it yeah I think that's like a, a possibility I also think maybe the person who uploaded that video could have planted it there and been like oh I know people are gonna catch this and therefore this will get me more likes but I do think that um it's cooler to think that perhaps someone knows something and they're trying to like leave easter eggs what if an alien put it there since it's near area 51 and the crystal skulls were originally thought to have been scattered by aliens yeah who knows who's to say but regardless of what we think about the crystal skull i wanted to get into the theories for this episode this wait he never found wait we no one else found the cave ever the m cave nobody has (gasps) to this day well we're gonna get into it there's some controversy but As far as we know, nobody has ever found Kinney or the M Cave. So let's get into the theories for this episode. This story is unique because we are actually left with two different categories of two completely separate questions. These questions are, one, where is the M Cave? Two, what is the M Cave? Three, where is Kinney Beach? So let's talk about theory number one. Theory number one ignores the question of where is Kenny Beach, and it just focuses on the M cave. Right. Theory number one is the M cave existed, it's real, and it's a former Cold War bunker. So, Natalia, we've talked about the Cold War extensively on this podcast before, but for those who aren't familiar, the TLDR of the Cold War is basically as follows. The U.S. and the former Soviet Union were beefing for a really fucking long time, and during this beef, everyone was really paranoid. There's a ton of creepy and crazy tales involving espionage, proxy wars, psychological warfare, and covert operations that occurred during this time, and we have talked about a few of them on this podcast. Ultimately, the specifics of the Cold War are not relevant to to today's story. What is relevant is that during this paranoid time in history, underground bunkers were built all around the U.S. just in case a nuclear war were to break out. Some of these bunkers were built by wealthy families, and other bunkers were built by the U.S. government itself. Mm. Obviously, the best places to build underground bunkers were in sparsely populated areas of the country. Because of this, bunkers and military bases alike were constructed in areas like mountains and deserts. For a long time, nobody even knew about these bunkers, and they were kept hidden and secret. But when the Cold War ended, some of them were kept operational for military personnel, and others were decommissioned with the entrances sealed up or locked off, much like in the case of abandoned mine shafts. If you find this hard to believe, there's actually a pretty crazy example of one of these bunkers located in the desert of southern Arizona. We know that this bunker exists because it's currently for sale and pictures of it can be viewed on loveproperty.com. What? Show it. With photos taken by photographer Casey James of Lux Realty Photography. So Natalia, I'm going to need you to click through these photos and describe them to our audience because they're absolutely batshit. Oh, damn. It's old, right? Yeah. So it's super like old and rusted out. And it, yeah, it looks like super rusted and old. Um, This is fucking crazy looking. Uh, So what I'm looking at is like, 
it, it, it's like cement or steel or like some sort of heavy metal uh, door that's that looks like it's probably two and a half foot thick opening up to a room and I can see the sides of the bunker's walls are like literally it looks like four or five foot thick of whatever this material yeah, it's is. nuts. Um, so that's fucking crazy and scary. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the entrance to this. So this next one is just a picture of the desert and then just like a big piece of metal. It looks like a tank has been buried underground or something like the entrance to that. That's so weird. I would never know that was a bunker. I would yeah. just think that was some random shit in the desert. Yeah. Like a piece of like trash that somebody yeah. dropped in the desert. Whoa. This this is crazy. Is this real? There's a yes. missile in that? This is real. There's a fucking missile in that? Yeah. Are you serious? Yes. This is a fucking, what the fuck are you showing me right now? You can buy a missile? Are you, what is happening? <laughs> you guys, I'm Keep looking. clicking through. I'm so stressed because this picture is of a bunker underground and like there's literally like a warhead that's underground. <laughs> like it, it. I don't understand. You can, it says Titan two missile complex and there's like an actual, what you can, that is that missile there? Why'd they show that? Keep clicking through. Okay. I'm still going through there. This is really stressful. Um, yeah, more pictures. Uh, okay. So this one shows like the way to get down into the bunker. Oh, this is crazy. Okay. So the bunker that door, that like thick door that like, I'm just going to say looks like a safe, like a really thick safe. I'm assuming that goes into like the protected part of the bunker, right? Yeah. So this bunker, the way that you get to that door is you go down this ladder that like literally looks like a 50 foot drop. So I'm assuming that this bunker is probably 50, 55 feet deep underneath the earth. And then it's got those like four or five foot thick walls or whatever that was i would yeah i mean at least right it's huge oh this is so crazy i like can't comprehend this you this is this is crazy you know what's i can't how do i describe this people <laughs> this is like a whole metal room with like a metal staircase going down in there and there's like old like cold war looking like command consoles okay this is crazy it says you can see the original command console which um some components here are were added recently during a film show shoot but you can appreciate what the space would have looked like in action what and there's like tesla coils what is this okay it says oh no those aren't those are springs in the control room, you'll notice more original equipment such as floor-to-ceiling springs, which were used to isolate each level of the basement from seismic shocks. See, I wouldn't even know that you would need this stuff. Yeah, no. That's why I'm not an engineer or a person of significance. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. There's like old, like tubes and stuff okay so this says in the this is like a room like a fucking scary ass it looks like the inside of a silo you know what i'm talking about yes yeah that's what the whole thing looks like it's just like the inside of a silo like metal rusted out weird and then this has like a literal tube and it says in the event that the main exit collapse this hatch leads to a vertical escape shaft is how workers would get out safely with enemy nuclear strikes thought likely during the time Titan II was active, a backup exit plan was something of a necessity. Holy fuck, that missile is in there, the Titan II? Yeah. How is it not active? I don't know. I really don't think they did anything to make it not active. I mean, it looks just totally normal. 
I'm assuming they they had to have done something, like maybe only kept the shell of whatever in there. But it looks, I mean, it's crazy. It's literally a former Cold War bunker. Yeah, it says during its time as an active nuclear bunker, the silo was home to military personnel who not only worked here, but lived, cooked, and slept here. On the top floor, you'll find this area, which was originally the kitchen. I'm just so flabbergasted that you can buy that fucking missile. How much does this cost? I'm sh- millions, I'm sure. Is, that's crazy though, right? It just seems like I knew that the government sells like warheads to like countries that ask and then we're like, oh, we're scared. You like are going to kill us with the things we sold to you. <laughs> um, but I didn't think that just like regular civilians could be like, I'm going to buy a decommissioned warhead. Like there's, you could absolutely, if you were a fucking crazy domestic terrorist, like repurpose that into a warhead that could be active. Oh, yeah. Well, even thinking of just like if you were a crazy eccentric serial killing billionaire, like you could just hide out in that bunker, come out at night, kill people in the desert, go back to your bunker. Like who would ever find you? This it's just so weird. Just activated this really weird memory when I was looking through that that I can't remember. But someone tell me if you remember this, too, because now I'm going to die unless I figure this out. (laughs) I saw a movie. It must have been an indie movie at some time. And it might have been French. It might have been subtitles. I don't remember. But it's about these teenagers who find a bunker like that in the woods or like in some random spot. And then they decide just like as a group that they're going to stay in it for like a week or something like that. And then they like end up fighting and crazy shit happens to them and they like all go crazy in there. Okay, well now I want to watch it because this has started an unhealthy obsession of mine now for- With bunkers? With bunkers. Yeah. Because there's stuff like that allegedly all over the country. Yes. And I actually read recently that during that time that everyone was making these bunkers like you were talking about, that there are actually like hidden roads all over the United States, specifically coming out of California through the mountains, like to get away from the coast in case of that- like there being a nuclear attack and you can still see remnants of these like little highways and stuff like in the sides of mountains in California. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say um, that another one of these bunkers is inside a mountain in Colorado, I think. I was reading recently like how like it was some stupid article like BuzzFeed like how to survive a nuclear attack or something. Um, And they were just saying that you have to, like, keep your mouth open and, like, lay down flat on the ground because the blast, like, mainly goes over. So if you lay flat on the ground, you have a better chance of surviving. And that if you keep your mouth open, then, like, your um, insides won't explode from the pressure change, which makes me feel like you're not going to survive. I'm going to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I looked it up and it was an article for Atlas Obscura. It's called The Cheyenne Mountain Complex. It is a nuclear bunker in Colorado Springs built into the side of a mountain. So yeah, this shit exists everywhere. It exists in mountains. It exists underground. So if Kenny had seen a cave. Oh, wow. Right. That was just like the entrance to a bunker and it looked like an M. Yeah, why not? I mean, why not? Maybe they were trying to make it look natural. So basically, this theory focuses on the M cave, not necessarily Kinney's disappearance. And proponents of this theory argue that the most likely explanation is that the M cave was real and that what Kinney had stumbled upon was a decommissioned underground Cold War bunker. Some people say it's underground. Some people say, no, it's built into the side of a mountain like we know some of these bunkers are. 
and perhaps Kenny got locked inside the bunker somehow if he found it again, or perhaps he fell and injured himself somewhere in or near the bunker, resulting in his death, or perhaps he never found the bunker, right? Or but the, this theory says that the bunker is a real. Cold War. Yeah, or that the M-Cave is the entrance to a Cold War bunker. Or like he said, there was evidence of someone having been there before. What if someone else was living in it? And then they saw him and then it was like a... And they fucked him up. And Or he tried to shoot them. They tried to shoot him. The and hills they, have eyes. Yeah, exactly. And they're both just like dead in that bunker. Or alternatively, they fell in love. And now they're married. And they're living in that bunker. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> Except for that means he voluntarily left his daughter. And I choose to not oh, believe that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, theory number two. Are you ready? Yeah. The M cave was real. And it was part of either a former doom town or a laboratory left over from military nuclear tests of the 1950s. What's a doom town? I am so glad you asked because according to an article by Kristen Peterson for Las Vegas Weekly entitled Welcome to Doom Town, quote, in 1951, the U.S. government began atomic testing in Nevada. Scientists fine-tuned the atomic bomb here and studied its effects placing live animals, automobiles, Aww. mannequins, pine trees, and eventually two-story homes at varying distances from ground zero to see how each would react to the blast. Oh, it's like Nuketown. Yes, that, like, in level Call, of of Duty. Call of Duty. Yes. Reporters and dignitaries watched the tests from News Knob, a rocky hill on the test site. Excitement ensued, as did almost romantic descriptions, some in a biblical-style prose, of what they'd witnessed. An excerpt featured in Bombast, Spinning Atoms in the Desert, describes, quote, An intense white light, pure in color and frightening to behold, rose up from the desert. The testing also intrigued many in Las Vegas. Families gathered to watch the blasts. Some packed picnics. Some went to the ridge at Lee Canyon. And tourists came as well, many driving from Los Angeles to get a glimpse. Viewing parties were held. Models donned mushroom cloud accessories. And local newspapers celebrated the testing's importance as a point of pride for Nevada. This theory states that the M Cave could also have been a secret underground laboratory left over from when the U.S. was conducting nuclear bomb tests in the desert, or it could have been part of one of the fake Doomtown cities the government constructed to blow up. So, Natalia, I want you to watch this quick clip from and this. Maybe he got like radiation poisoning when yes. he was getting closer to it. Yeah, and that's why his body was vibrating. Yeah. So I want you to watch this quick clip from the Smithsonian Channel's YouTube. And after you watch it, I want you to describe it to our audience. We had all kinds of houses built, grocery stores. We had uh, the electrical systems. Single story homes, two story homes, wooden, brick, block, and so on. Different distances from the ground zero to see what the effects would be from the blast and the heat. Inside the buildings, workers positioned entire families of mannequins who silently waited for the explosions to come. Let's see what would happen to a normal, average family. We had mannequins with all different types of clothing on, wool, you know, cotton, rayon, nylon. The mannequins at a house that are roughly 5,000 feet away, I had them sitting at the kitchen table, and we had a lean-to in the basement. The mannequins became some of the most famous participants of the tests. Now, those mannequins that had radiation content, they never got them back, but the rest of them that didn't, they took them back. 
What they did with them, I don't know. <laughs> Scenes typical of the American family at home. First floor living room. Children at play, unaware of approaching disaster. Took all the time to set up this, like, nice family. You know, like, what I would say was probably the American dream at that time. Like, you know, a married heterosexual couple with, like, two children. One boy, one girl. And yeah, they're, like, nuclear all... nuclear family. Yeah, exactly. And they're, like, all sitting around their home they own, you know, enjoying their, like, TV show or whatever. Leave it to Beaver. And then a fucking nuclear blast goes off and raises the whole thing to the ground. And as if that wasn't horrifying enough, they show it to you from like four different angles. So it'll be like a little boy smiling and then like, yeah. like, like glass just like blows so hard across the screen that like everything is just turned to dust immediately. And then they'll show like a, a happy wife like pulling something out of the oven and then or you know just like a dog whatever it was and it was just like really morbid yeah it's super morbid super horrifying i also just realized is that why it's called a, a nuclear, nuclear family? family i had that same thought while i was watching it and i was like no that's a stupid question i don't know why but i've fast enough enough to know that that's probably stupid. i've just never really thought of it before i guess i always thought it was like a nucleus, a nucleus. Yeah. yeah but now i'm like let's look it up yeah look it up while you're looking it up i'm going to finish out this theory by saying Kristen Peterson's article Welcome to Doomtown goes on to discuss how many areas of Nevada are still plagued with nuclear fallout today. Proponents of this theory use Kenny's own words to back it up. Remember, as Kenny was approaching the M cave, he said that he felt as if the air was charged and his whole body was vibrating. Could Kenny have stumbled upon some relic of the Nevada atomic bomb tests? Could the vibration he felt be leftover radioactivity slash nuclear fallout? Is that what radioactive feels like? Like when you get close to something that's radioactive, do you feel like you're vibrating? We've talked about radiation poisoning before, and I think what it mostly does is make you very, sick. very sick. Yeah. But I think if you're not feeling well and you're like getting close to an area that has some like weird shit that's like making you feel sick you could feel like you're vibrating i don't yeah. know i've been really fucking sick before and there are times where you're like i'm literally going to die yeah. and you just feel it's like this crazy feeling washes over your body and you're like i'm going to die yeah. so i could see maybe that being interpreted as a vibration for some people i don't know yeah, like good vibrations, but this is a bad vibration. This is an intensely bad vibration. Okay, the history of a nuclear family refers to the core members of a family, usually parents and children. Nuclear had a long history of figurative use before its main association with nuclear energy, as a nucleus has origins oh. meaning kernel or simply something essential. This is boring. <laughs> I wanted it to be like... The U.S. government right. put a bunch of heterosexual mannequins <laughs> in a house and blew them up with nuclear weapons. And that's where we got the <laughs> nuclear family. Theory number three. The M-Cave existed and it is an active top secret military facility. So the previous two theories are like, 
could have been military related, but it's old, right? Yeah. Like it's out of service. It's either a decommissioned bunker, a decommissioned lab, or an old Doomtown remnant, or like maybe just a cave that's natural, but has some fucked up like radiation in it, right? Right. This one says the M cave is an active military facility, whether that be a lab or a fucking like in Colorado, we just talked about there. They still use that nuclear um, bunker in the Colorado mountains. Mm -hmm. They still use it for stuff for the military. So could it have been something like that? This theory suggests that Area 51 is not the only military facility in the desert. Conspiracy theorists have long thought that since Area 51 first became well-known to the public, the government began scouting for other locations to move top-secret projects to. Could Kinney have stumbled upon a facility, perhaps built either underground or inside a mountain, with an entrance disguised as a cave? Perhaps he successfully discovered it and was either captured or killed to preserve the facility's location. What do you think of that? I mean, maybe he found like a back entrance to it. Okay, I'm just thinking like Area 51 is one of the most well-guarded secret bases in the United States. And there's all kinds of signs leading up to it that are like, don't go here. We'll kill you. Like, Yeah, we'll shoot you if you cross this line. Exactly. So I'm thinking, like, why would they stray from that model? I understand if they wanted to keep it super, super secret. Then they're like, oh, we'll just make it so that, like, no one will ever know it was here. But then you're like, okay, so then how are they going to transport people to get into it? So perhaps it's just, like, a really big base, and that's, like, the very back end, like, a vent of it or something. It could be, yeah. Maybe the entrance to it is at Area 51. I don't know. And that's just, like, the end of a tunnel or something. Whoa. New theory. Um, But that theory seems less plausible to me. Well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely interesting because... If we think about it, now that everyone knows where Area 51 is, like, yeah, you can't get in. But enemies now know where it is. And they can use their own satellites to take images from outer space of it because they know where it is. So maybe the U.S. was like, fuck, now that all these, like, dumbass meme lords are trying to storm our shit and, like, now it's out there. This is, like, a public base. Um, We've admitted to it. Russia's taking photos, China's taking photos. Who who right. are our enemies? Whatever. Name any yeah. literally any country. It's even us, like it, half yeah. of us. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh whatever. It depends on which conspiracy theory you subscribe to, right? Right. So if that were true, then it would make sense that they're looking for something nearby Area 51 that they can move all their alien shit to. But why wouldn't they have like a fence around that property and like a house or something to make it seem like, you know, they're not going to let a random hiker stumble upon it, right? Well, well, here's the question. Why didn't any of those bunkers have people stationed around them? They don't. I don't know. It's just like if you go there, your shit's fucked. Who owns that land that those bunkers are on? Um, I don't know who owns the one in Arizona. Clearly, it's owned by somebody because you can buy it now. So I'm assuming somebody like bought the land, found the bunker and was like, oh, shit, there's a bunker here. Yeah, it seems like a really easy fix to prevent someone like Kenny Veach finding your bunker and posting about it on YouTube to just like have a fence there that's like, hey, private property. There's a grandma who lives here with a German Shepherd that will fuck you up. Well, I think technically you're not allowed to hike in a lot of the areas of the Mojave. Oh, that's like a forbidden area? Well, you're not allowed to... I know you're not allowed to go in certain areas of Native American reservations. If that's like an area where you're not supposed to be and he was just there like um, forbidden, then that 
seem, makes more sense to me. Yeah, because it's super close to Nellis Air Force Base by his own admission, mm-hmm. right? In his vlog, he's talking about how, oh, yeah, it's close to Nellis Air Force Base. I'm just hiking over here in the Mojave, like found this weird cave, going to try to find it again. Yeah. So maybe he had accidentally crossed some boundary. All right. You know, we just don't know. Okay. In a video posted by YouTuber Sean Horlocker entitled MCave Found Cover Up, Hiker and YouTuber Sean Horlocker retraces Kenny's hike as seen in his original vlog, and something interesting happens. While Sean is retracing Kenny's steps, he comes across an area that looks like an M, but it seems like it has been intentionally sealed up by unnatural material. Show it. I will now be showing it to you. Okay. I just wanted to say that um, in, reg- in regards to our last theory where i was saying like it seems like an easy fix to just put a fence around it and be like oh this is you know a whatever protected wetland i just wanted to say that all next to lax you probably know about this Alyssa. oh the wetland yeah there's the wetland but um all, next to lax there's also like just a big uh like piece of land that's right next to the ocean that's like this big hill like a grass covered hill and they say that it's like a butterfly preserve and like don't go over there it's like a butterfly preserve and i lived next to that fucking hill for four years in college and i never saw one butterfly preserve and i think that there's a fucking nuclear warhead underneath there i will say though that the california government is really fucking stupid (laughs) and working on a farm if they like find something on the farmland that they decide is like important they can just like not allow you to farm anymore right like if oh there's this frog that there's actually an entire conspiracy theory that I would love to cover sometime where basically there was, I don't remember the exact story, so don't quote me on it, but I've heard it so many times from like old farmers in the area where there's like some stream and some activist group similar to PETA had thrown one fish, like one super rare fish into the stream on purpose, called like the EPA or whoever and was like, look, there's a magical red fish fish or whatever it was you know they're like now we can't use this water for irrigation and then the epa was like you're absolutely right by god even though that fish is not native to that area and there was only one and they've never seen another one this just proves my point that anybody who like isn't is involved in politics is Is, bad is bad yeah even the people you think are good are bad they're probably bad if they're involved at all well here's the thing you kind of have to be a sociopath right like who would ever want to put their family through running for any sort of position in office yeah because they like come they dig up dirt on you like i just imagine if someone in my family ever ran for politics or if i i ever ran for a position they just got to listen to this fucking podcast and they would like splice together clips of me being like vagina wet pussy natalia ate pasta like you know what i mean (laughs) it would just be like clips of me saying horrible shit right i'm trying to think you would be like i created meth lab (laughs) down ventura county (laughs) (laughs) fuck the police although i have said that in an entire sentence before Okay, Natalia, I'm going to show you this video, and I would like you, after watching it, to tell our audience what you have seen. I will. All right, so we got a couple things going on here. First off, there's a there's a hole right here. I mean, there's like a... This and this aren't really matching up. They're really two different colors. That That doesn't make any sense. Either really 
does this and this, but it's a little closer. Still, it's kind of suspect. And then you got down here, it seems, it's just, it's just too flat right here where it hits this. And then just like in that cave over there beside me, you have this sort of orange lichen stuff that's kind of growing in the crack. But there's, there's no, like, why is that growing there? And why does this look so, so like manufactured? It looks like there was some kind of something smeared here. Or maybe this was heated up to melt or something. I don't know. Yeah. I see it. Here's what I'm going to say about that guy. Is that I don't believe that he didn't just tumble all those rocks over as soon as he wasn't filming. And if he didn't, then I don't trust him. Because what person isn't just going to tumble all those rocks as soon as they're not filming. Right. So what Natalia is talking about is the guy who uploaded this video, his name is Sean Horlocker or Horlatcher. I'm not entirely sure. And he retraced Kenny's hike because Kenny filmed his right. hike. Right. So if you're familiar with this area, it's easy to like pick out landmarks. And I've seen maps and people have like recreated this a billion times. So he goes on this hike and he sees this uh these boulders that are kind of set up against a mountain in such a way that it looks unnatural and there's a crack that kind of forms an m opening is yeah. what is what he's saying but and, it's covered up and what on the side of this little mountain like a little you know entrance thing he's proposing is what looks like a piece of rock that fell off and it's yeah. like a different color and he's saying that if if part of this mountain fell off it should just be laying on the ground where it fell but there's nothing there and it looks like perhaps something fell and then someone or something like jammed that piece of boulder in the opening of what could be the m cave right and like tried to cover up the entrance to the m cave right and in part of the video he zooms in and you can see like this white sealant around the corners of those boulders that look like they shouldn't be there and so as he's like kind of poking around and looking at it he like zooms in on this like white sealant now as we know this area has a lot of minerals mm -hmm. so could it have just been a mineral like a white mineral that deposited in this weird way around the cracks maybe um, but his he doesn't think so and he's out there touching it feeling it he's feeling for air he's like listening to see if he can feel anything or hear anything coming through the rocks um, and he thinks it looks different enough and unnatural enough in person to be suspect yeah and all I'm saying is that he's a sociopath if he didn't tumble all those rocks over as soon as he wasn't filming well maybe yeah we got to reach out to him Sean Sean H hit us up yeah one of the top comments so this is actually this is probably my favorite part of this entire episode one of the top comments on this video is so fucking interesting that i have to read it to you it was posted by 0x07af who writes dude i just had one of those rare mind blown moments that literally makes the hairs on your body stand on end I never made a connection until now, thanks to your current M-Cave theory. I have an old buddy who claimed an eerily similar situation happened to him sometime in the 1980s. 
It's been at least 15 years since I heard this story, but I think I remember it pretty well. He was hiking with his friend on a mountain in a remote and rugged area of California. They ended up finding what looked like some kind of exhaust vent coming out of a moderate slope on the side of this mountain. This spot was a rough hike to get to, and the vent thing wasn't easy to see until you got right on it. They were perplexed. There was no indication of anything else industrial anywhere in the area for miles and miles. Like, why is this thing here? They ended up doing what the rest of us would probably do. They climbed up and crawled into it as far back as they could. They eventually reached a drop and felt around in the dark, but couldn't tell how deep it went. He said the way their voice echoed, it sounded huge. They didn't try to go any further. A week later, they returned with flashlights and rappelling gear. He said the drop was some 30 or 40 feet into what looked like a long abandoned office slash workshop room. They went through a door and walked down a corridor, which opened up into some enormous facility. A laboratory of some kind that was decades old, with odd machines, test equipment, clipboards with notes still written on them. What else are you going to do in that situation but explore the hell out of it? And they did, for hours. The place was so huge that they couldn't explore all of it in one day. They never saw where any other entrances or exits were, but there must have been some big ones somewhere to build the place and get all of that equipment inside. When they left, he took a large, cool-looking component with him that resembled something like a hybrid between a vacuum tube and those old high-current mercury arc rectifiers. They made plans to go back and explore again, but they made the mistake of discussing their discovery with friends over their CB radio. At least, that's what he thinks happened. He said that they went back to explore again a month later, and the vent was gone. Not only was it gone, but there was almost no sign that anything had ever been there. When they inspected closer, he said it appeared that they tore it out and backfilled the hole with concrete before covering the spot with dirt and rocks to make it look natural. He eventually threw out that vacuum tube thing that he took from the place after discovering that it was radioactive. I can't imagine it still being that radioactive, but this guy had an electrical engineering background and was also an enormous science ham radio and tech nerd. I guess it was enough radiation to spook him. He wondered if that was why they abandoned the place and left everything there, as if folks just clocked out from work one day and never came back. So, Kenny mentioning what he found on the internet. My buddy talking about his find with friends on CB radio. Rough and isolated mountain locations in the desert, miles from anything. Disappearing entrances. I'm equal parts intrigued and spooked. Natalia, what do you think of this? I mean, that sounds legit. Like, yeah, I'm on board. I want to see the rest of that. 
Is your mind blown right now? I read that comment and I was just like, I got the chills. It I was know. So that's, cool. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm no. I'm still in that world. I was like imagining all of it. I was like seeing the office chairs and seeing like the lab coats and like old dusty um, clipboards. Actually, you showing me that bunker with the giant nuclear warhead that you can buy that's out of commission just like permanently fucked up my brain. Yeah. <laughs> because now I because now anything's possible. Im- yeah. Now I just like can't get those images out of my head. Right. And I feel like we're on the Truman Show. Like, mountains could be fake. That's a great point. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, they told us. We're in a terrarium. Exactly. They were like, oh, yeah, mountains happen with, like, seismic. Like, the plate's shifting. I was like, no, mountains happen when the government is trying to cover up a secret laboratory that's radioactive. (laughs) That's incredible. But what if you're right? But it doesn't explain why his cell phone was there. Yeah. Well, unless do we think that it's not decommissioned and that there are still people working in there and he somehow stumbled upon an entrance, crawled through, got caught, and then maybe they planted some of his belongings in nearby areas. And then they were like, okay, we're going to have to release this COVID, like coronavirus yes, in, five in the next years five later. years yeah. because of the butterfly effect of this <sighs> event. Wow. So something I thought was interesting about this video by Sean H. is that a Reddit user going by U slash M155F0R2UNE or Misfortune pointed out something in the background. She writes, Dear OP, I saw your post and was drawn into this mystery. I watched both Kenny's original hike and the crazy man's needlessly long video. <laughs> Get this. I saw in the background at 111.25, crazy man passed an M-shaped cave and didn't even realize it. It fits Kenny's description of opening just, just above ground level two. Also, while messing around with the filled-in cave, crazy man shows how easily the rocks break off. The sharp point of the M cave or other parts of the opening could have easily eroded or dulled since 2014 when Kenny originally saw it. I genuinely believe we have just solved this mystery. I don't know where Kenny is, but I believe that this is the M cave. Show it. What's the M cave? So, Natalia, this is a screenshot from Sean H's video. And Misfortune, user Misfortune on Reddit, says that she thinks this is the M cave and that the reason why it doesn't look like a sharp uppercase M is because pieces have fallen off. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I see what she's saying. This particular cave looks more like an O shape, but at the top, you know what it looks like? It kind of looks like the inside of a pussy, like the top is the G spot. Oh my God, (laughs) Natalia. We can't put that on the air? No, we How can't. How else would we describe that? I would describe it I'm as... trying to help our male community here. <laughs> <laughs> it looks, to me, it looks like closer to an O, like you said, or a lowercase M, but definitely not an uppercase M. There, it's like an O with a dent on the top. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, I personally do not think this looks like the way that Kenny described it. He's describing it as like as skinny. tall as him, skinny, sharp like angles, uppercase M, I think it's too wide. I think it's too low. But she's saying that if it just had like a thin rock covering on top of it, then perhaps it could have just broken off. Or maybe he went back, he found it, and he tried to enter it, and it broke. Or maybe he covered it up, covered up pieces of it, because he's like, no one this can shit, ever see I'm it. cursed now, and yeah. I can't allow anyone else to get cursed. And the crystal skull. He left the crystal skull as like a warning. Wow. And he left his cell phone there. As a warning. Yeah. 
and this looks like a flashlight as a warning. <laughs> he okay. left his flashlight there as a warning. Okay, theory number four. The M cave existed. It is an interestingly shaped cave, but it is just a cave and nothing more. However, because it was located near or possibly within the borders of Area 51 slash Nellis Air Force Base, Kinney was shot for trespassing and the U.S. government covered it up. That was all one sentence of a theory. So in this theory, they're saying, yeah, the M cave probably existed, but it's not part of a secret underground bunker or a laboratory. It's literally just a natural formation that is on the property of Nellis Air Force Base. Mm. And he trespassed and was acting weird and poking around Mm. and he got shot. And that's why we haven't found him. Maybe he was a spy. Maybe him like hiking around alone in the desert, having a YouTube channel was like his cover. And he's really actually a spy. And he was like, oh, I'm just going to pretend to be this weird guy that like wants to be by myself in the desert. That eats pinion nuts and looks at tortoises. Yeah. Yeah. When in reality, I'm actually like a a covert undercover spy. Russian operative. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm just going to pretend like I like, like that toilet paper thing was suspect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of like that theory. I like that theory, too. I don't even have that list. And then he left his phone there to be like, oh, I died because actually he's going to go back to Russia and leave his fake family that he created here. Yeah. Wow. Actually, that's also the perfect cover. It is like, oh, I'm just like this nerdy guy who likes to just hike by myself. A I lot. get in arguments in the comments of YouTube. I'm just right. a regular guy here trying to get on Shark Tank, right? Because the perfect way to blend, to like blend it or not even blend, but the perfect way to like throw off the scent that you're an operative, like a secret spy of, right. is like to just act like the average American. American. And so they think that the average American has like, you know, he said he was going back. He was trying to hike back to his truck that had a bunch of cold beer in it. And he was like, yeah, I just pick up rattlesnakes yeah. because this Russian spy just like thinks Americans are like that. You know, honestly, they're giving us too much credit. That's way <laughs> cooler than the average American. But back to this theory that Perhaps he just got shot and it was covered up because he trespassed onto Nellis Air Force Base. So this theory brings up the question, why would they cover it up? Yeah. But let's start with a different question first. (laughs) Do people people actually get killed for trespassing at Area 51? A quick Google search shows that the answer is yes. According to an article for express.co.uk by Sean Martin entitled Area 51 Warning, Man Shot Dead for Trying to Enter Military Base, quote, on January 28, 2019, an unnamed man drove through a security checkpoint at Mercury, some 70 miles north of Las Vegas, as he attempted to get into Area 51. A car chase quickly ensued for eight miles. When the suspect exited his car and approached Nevada National Security Site officers with a, quote, cylindrical object in hand, the man failed to adhere to the officer's request to stop and was promptly shot dead at the scene. Now, Natalia, I feel like you and I have some unique perspective on this topic because we both attended the Storm Area 51 event in 2019. Mm -hmm. And if anyone hasn't seen our vlog about that event, you should go to Let's Get Haunted's YouTube channel and go watch it. Yeah, it's great. But do you want to describe your experience with the Area 51 guards at the scene? Um, The Area 51 guards at the scene 
were i think i believe you said that they were plants because they were all just like hot models and just standing there looking like very delicious yeah Yeah. Yeah. i don't know if it's just that like uh, like maybe they were average but the fact that they're like can kill me was like hot yeah they're like all in uniform (laughs) they were all super tall yeah they're like buff they were like tall, buff, like tanned and leathered from the Nevada sun. Yeah. And they had like, you know, automatic rifles in hand and they were like, don't come closer. We will shoot to kill. But then also like chatting people up. Yeah. Too. They were they were friendly. And I think they they gave off the vibe like they really didn't want to kill us. Yeah. And there was even a girl who egged on by the crowd, like um like ran forward underneath the gate or whatever. And uh, they, you know, got grabbed her and like very like a like a like a concerned parent. They were like, yeah. fuck, like we don't want to have to take this like 17 year old girl to jail right now. They like took her aside or whatever. And uh, then they were like, yeah, you know, we're not going to send you to jail. I heard him talking because I was spying. They're like, we're not going to send you to jail. You know, we're not like we just need you to not do that. And they're basically giving her a stern talking to. And then I was talking to one of the hot guards and he was like, we don't want to take, you know, like a 16 year old girl who's drunk. Yeah. Yeah, Like this is going to go on a record. It's going to be a felony. It's a federal crime. You're going to be on like a no fly list. Yeah. Like your life really mess you up. Yeah. They were chill. They didn't arrest her. Yeah. But maybe that was just like cute drunk girl privilege. If it, that were a man who just drove eight miles without yeah. stopping and then got out of the car and, and you're was like, waving a thermos or yeah. whatever it was, we're around. like, sir, we're going to shoot you. And then they just kept coming at you at full speed. Like, I feel like that would be a different level of threat. Yeah. Yeah. After eight miles of chasing someone in a car being like, we don't want to kill you. Right. But I also wonder, like, what was that cylindrical object? They never say what it was. Was it, like, a bomb? Was he, like, wearing a bomb vest and, like, was about to detonate it? Or he was, was drunk, it, yeah, like, was it a thermos? Yeah, he's like, oh, shit, guys, I'm sorry. I just really fucked up. Didn't see ya. I'm sorry. I'll go home now. And then, they're, then they've shot him. Yeah, yeah, too late. Perhaps another point towards this theory comes from a YouTube video uploaded by the YouTube channel Exploring Abandoned Mines. Wait, why would they cover it up, though? We never covered that. Yeah, I never answered that question. (laughs) (laughs) Because you read a story about a time that they shot and killed someone, and it sounds like the guy was just waving a thermos. Right, right. And they they announced it. They didn't try to cover it up. That's fine. Next one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I guess, okay, well, I will say this. If the M cave is part of Nellis Air Force Base and holds some sort of significance, then it makes sense to cover it up because nobody has discovered this M cave yet, except for Kenny Beach. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Perhaps another point towards this theory comes from a YouTube video uploaded by the YouTube channel Exploring Abandoned Mines and Unusual Places, entitled I Found the M Cave of Kenny Beach. Natalia, I'm going to show you part of this video now. No. No. That's not what I pictured in my mind. So it's wrong. No, he said it was really skinny. Yeah. And deep. I agree. Um, however, an interesting part of this video that it takes too long, so I'm not going to show it to you. I'm just going to describe it to you and you're going to believe me. <laughs> At the end of the video, the explorer who's filming it uncovers a steel sign covered by dirt and rocks. And as he clears it off, It says, Area 51, trespassers will be shot. 
Upon seeing the sign, the explorer immediately states that he is leaving and shuts off his camera. So if this truly is the M cave that Kenny reported seeing, it appears that the cave really is on Area 51 territory. Perhaps Kenny was not as lucky as the person filming this video and didn't escape undetected. Now, points against this theory, a lot of people in the comments do not think that this is the M cave that Kenny Veach saw. It doesn't really match the description that Kenny gave at all. Kenny said the cave was about as tall as he is and skinny, and this M cave is low to the ground and wide. The guy filming had to crawl on his belly to even get through the entrance. Yeah, but if it has that Area 51 sign in it, that kind of like tells you that that whole area is Area 51. That's kind of fucked up of Area 51, though. They're like, hey, we're going to shoot you if you're here, but we're also like not going to make it very well known. That's like how taxes work, where it's <laughs> like, hey, if you don't pay the correct amount, we're going to send you to jail immediately. Yeah. But also, we're not going to tell you the correct amount. That's true. The guy filming... Oh, that being said, the guy in the video does say it looks like someone has tried to fill in the cave and wall it off. So perhaps the cave used to be taller? Question mark. Also, the area Kenny was hiking in is said to be near the Nellis Air Force Base, but not inside it. But maybe Kenny was just mistaken. Okay. Theory number five. I don't like theory number four. So we're moving on to theory number five. The M cave may or may not have existed. However... Kenny simply just got lost in the desert looking for it. So this theory says it's irrelevant whether or not the M cave existed because the point here at hand is like what happened to Kenny. And this theory says Kenny just got lost in the desert looking for the M cave and we just haven't found his body yet. Hmm. So the most upvoted answer on Quora.com to the question, what happened to Kenny Veach, was posted by a user named Robin Dale on December 13th, 2021. The post reads as follows. Nobody has found him yet, but they did find his cell phone near the entrance to a vertical mine shaft yeah, no shit. that went straight down about 50 feet deep and he was not inside it. Investigators believe he was sitting there napping or taking a break before he left his things to go explore elsewhere. Could be foul play, but they have nothing to go with. From my experience and expertise, searchers made one big mistake when searching the first few days for him. They wasted time searching for him when they should have been searching for circling vultures in area of 20 miles or so. If they had set up a few of the searchers with binoculars and or telescopes in the first four to five days of the search and looked for vultures flying in a circle, then they would have found him. Also, when a mountain lion grabs its victim, it will not let go of one shoulder, head, and neck until it has carried it off a considerable distance away. This would not leave a blood trail. Once a cougar bites, it won't let go. Or drag marks either. And probably why they can't find him with regular ground and flyover searches. They will need to expand outward up to 20 mile radius of area, which gives about 10 miles of cougar path from any direction to where it went hunting for mountain goat. A common house cat will go off sometimes 5 to 7 miles also. <laughs> Cougars mines as much as 10 to 12 miles or so. All that will be left now will be pieces of bones scattered over an area of about a mile or two once they find the first bones. Another thing to check is birds' nests and to look for pieces of clothing. Birds love that stuffing. 
It's a sad deal, but many of these guys I've watched on YouTube are definitely not fit or prepared for an overnight stay without a pistol or buck knife. And that is if you are not asleep snoring when you get grabbed. Because once that cat has you, even those weapons are useless. That guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. I agree. Yeah. So I wrote, the reason why I'm even reading this Quora answer is because it seems to be one of the main theories skeptics echo in the comments of Kinney's MCAVE YouTube vlog. However, we do need to acknowledge that... Because of the anonymous nature of Quora, we have no way to verify this poster's alleged credentials and expertise. Also, this guy definitely is talking out of his ass, at least to some degree, because he mentions that, quote, many of these guys I have watched on YouTube are without a pistol or buck knife. But we know that Kenny definitely brought a sidearm with him on all of his subsequent MK hikes. Yep. Another frequent, uh, frequently echoed skeptic theory is that Kenny died of dehydration. We know that he... No, he trained to he live trained. without food and water. Right. He that had one Snickers thing. bar in that video. So we know that he liked to push himself to see how far he could hike without food or water. But that doesn't mean that he didn't bring food and water with him on, on hikes. It just means he would try to hike a long ways while rationing that food and water to the extreme. And I looked up what weather was like November 10 through 13, 2014 near Ellis, Nellis Air Force Base. And here is what I found. On November 10th, 2014, the high was 82 degrees Fahrenheit at 3 p.m. and a low of 46 degrees Fahrenheit at 7 a.m. On November 11th, the high was 75 degrees at 3 p.m. and the low was 57 degrees. On November 12th, the high was 72 degrees at 3 p.m. and the low was 49 degrees at 7 a.m. And finally, on November 13th, the high was 72 degrees and the low was 56. That's pretty temperate. That's like not bad. Not bad weather. Um... However, just because the weather wasn't 120 degrees Fahrenheit doesn't mean that it's not impossible to die of dehydration. You could definitely like overexert your energy and it doesn't really matter what the temperature is. You could still die of dehydration or heat stroke or whatever. Um, or if he got lost, he could have run out of water and died of dehydration. But I think the fact that the weather wasn't that bad, like it wasn't that hot, kind of points to him at least being able to survive out in the wild for a long time. Like he'd clearly been training for this and it's not like it was 134 degrees. The high right. out of the, all those days was 80. Yeah. I mean, I know people are going to be like, as a hiker or something, one time I went hiking and there were, you know, like, uh, it was only 20 minutes before I fainted and almost died. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also probably true, but guess what? Are you an avid Kinney Beach hiker? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying I don't think it's likely unless we're going with the theory that he got lost. But like a lot of people say, oh, it's the desert. It's so hot all the time. And I, I checked the weather. It's not that bad. Yeah. Around that time. OK. Another skeptic theory comes from Reddit user GM underscore crop underscore victim who writes on r slash creepy. If I'm not mistaken, fall in the Mojave is flash flood season. And if you're just hiking solo through canyons, it could be a problem. I'm going with natural causes on this one. Now, no, he's going to, unless he didn't know how to swim, but like a flash flood, I guess if you would get caught in one of those really narrow, flash floods will only kill you if you're in somewhere really narrow. So I was just about to say, according to digital-desert.com, a flash flood is characterized by a rapid stream rise with depths of water that can reach well above the banks of a creek. Flash flood damage and most fatalities tend to occur in areas immediately adjacent to a stream or arroyo. Additionally, heavy rain falling on steep terrain can weaken soil and cause mudslides, damaging homes, roads, and property. 
But he would know if a flash flood was coming. He was like experienced enough that he would be able to see the weather and be like, oh, I'm in danger of a flash flood right now because of where I'm at and like the terrain. And it started to rain over there or something. Yeah, I think, you know, if we believe in him as a survivalist, then I would say, yeah. But I mean, for the people listening who don't believe that he's a survivalist, um, this quote goes on to say that in the West, most slot canyons and small streams not easily recognizable as a source of danger. Um, Slot canyons common in national parks can be scoured with sudden walls of water 10 to 15 feet high. And I will say that when I went to Antelope Canyon in in Arizona uh, a couple weeks ago, the tour guide that we had, because for certain slot canyons, you have to have a Native American tour guide and you have to buy tickets in advance. And she was explaining why that is. And I guess in the 90s, it was kind of like a free for all. Like you could just go look at the slot canyon leave. Um, But then there was a flash flood in August of 1997 and 11 tourists that were just in this slot canyon ended up drowning Um, and because it happened so fast. And she was explaining, like, by the time you hear the water coming, it's too late because it's a narrow slot canyon that goes all the way up. And you there's no way out except for the entrance on one side and the exit on the other. Like, you can't just go up and get out through, like, the slot. Yeah, you essentially get pushed up to the top and drown. Yes, correct. And as we know, Kenny was looking for the M cave, which she said was located somewhere near Nellis Air Force Base. So I decided to look into the possibility of a flash flood during this time frame. A quick Google search shows that as recently as July of last year, Nellis Air Force Base was put under a flash flood warning. Additionally, we just learned that slot canyons and caves are at a higher risk for flash flood fatalities. So if Kinney had been exploring different valleys and caves looking for the M cave, it is possible that a flash flood caught him by surprise and he drowned. That being said, Kinney disappeared in November of 2014, and I could find no records of flash floods near Nellis Air Force Base during this time frame. All flash flood information I could find seems to occur in July, August, and September in this area. And one article I found told the story of two Nellis Air Force Base airmen who actually saved an elderly couple who got caught in a flash flood while hiking in the Mojave in August of 2014. So the same year Kenny went missing, but in August. So in response to this Reddit user who says, if I'm not mistaken, the Mojave is flash flood season in November, um, you're mistaken. It's not. (laughs) Additionally, I looked up the precipitation records in the area And every record I could find for the entire month of November said zero inches of precipitation. So I'm ruling it out. Um, Is a flash flood possible? Sure, anything is possible. But is it likely, given all this information? In my opinion, no. What do you think? I mean, like I said, I don't think so. Because I think if he was, like, he's been doing this his whole life, he knows the area very well, he would know what the what the warning signs are for a flash flood. Like, there's no way he wouldn't. Like, he, he would be like, wow, today is... Yeah, he would just know. Yeah, or it would start raining and he would say, you know what, I'm not going to go into this cave because yeah. that's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's the final theory. Theory number six. The M cave may or may not have existed, but it is irrelevant to Kinney's whereabouts. Kinney committed suicide somewhere in the desert and his body has simply not yet been found. The most upvoted comment found on Kinney's YouTube video regarding the M-Cave reads as follows. I am the girlfriend that Kinney spoke of in the video. There are so many posts. I had no idea until a friend let me know. So many people are wondering what happened and guessing different things. 
You are heartfelt about the sadness around what has happened with Kinney. He has not been found, and I feel that he probably will not be found for many, many months, if ever. I want to share what I know and feel about what happened so that you might bring some closure and understanding in your own lives. Kinney absolutely loved hiking in the desert. It was his very, very favorite thing to do. We hiked and camped together all over the Nevada desert, sometimes nine hours in a day. We found many abandoned mining towns, usually referred to as ghost towns by Nevada hikers. We explored many caves and mine shafts. We were always careful how we explored them, but Kinney was a bit more daring than I was. We wore snake guards, sun protective clothing, used walking sticks, brought enough food and water for the hiking hours, and had extra water and food in the car. We took wonderful pictures of all sorts of things we saw. Rusted out cars, old falling down buildings, cemeteries, mines, wild animals, tarantulas, scorpions, trees, cacti, and flowers. Our deserts are beautiful if you have a love for deserts. They are not spooky scary, but you do have to be careful of the terrain and, of course, bring enough water and food. We were always excited when we saw desert wildlife, like the bighorn sheep in this video. They are stunningly beautiful to see in person in our desert. We would stand quietly still to watch them for as long as possible. I was so very excited to see the one he filmed in this video. I want you to know that I do not think Kenny had an accident. I believe he committed suicide. He battled depression for many years and would not take medication or see a doctor. He quit his job a little more than a year before he disappeared. He wanted to see if he could sell his inventions and do what he called cowboy interior design for homes. He bought his first home five years ago and had an amazing ability of decorating in this style. He was not successful in getting a business going and was running out of money after a year of not working. He no longer wanted to work in a job for someone else, and as his money decreased, he became more and more depressed. He really did not look for another job. In early October, with seeing his depression increase, I said to him, You aren't going to pull a Robin Williams on me, are you? This is when he opened up more about his depression and his thoughts, and his thoughts about life and suicide. His father committed suicide when Kenny was in his early 20s. When I asked him the question, he answered me with, If I did decide to do it, you will be okay because you are good at the law of allowing. He asked me what I would think of him if he did it. He also said if he decided to do it, no one will ever find him. It would be easy to do something like that in our desert with a number of natural caves and mines. He could hike many miles in a day, so there is no telling where or how far he could have hiked during his three-day, two-night solo hike. When he did not call me after the third day of being gone, I called missing persons. The search for him was started within a couple of days of my call. Over 30 search and rescue team members searched three different times on foot. One helicopter flyover was done, and there was no trace of Kinney or any of his camping things. They found his car in the area I told them they would. They did find his cell phone by the mine shaft in the video. The mine shaft was only about a four-hour hike from his car. It is my feeling that he left it behind so that he could not be tracked from the GPS in it. He also did not take his video camera with him on this solo hike. It was left in his home. So he had no intention of filming anything. I share this with you for two reasons. First, so that you have more of an understanding of who Kenny was and to bring some peace or understanding to the situation. 
Secondly, if any of you do decide to go out into our desert to look for him or the M cave, please be careful and bring enough water and food. Walking sticks are a good idea and not doing a solo hike. Bring a GPS and make sure that you have let family or friends know that you are heading out for a hike and where and when you will be returning. A search really can't be on a one-day hike. You would be repeating much of the same hike, just getting up the mountain, and then be left with not many hours in the day to do the search. You would need two or three days at a time, and in the summer, or even late spring, this cannot be done because of the heat of the desert. You would not be able to carry enough water. So please, please be careful. I had many wonderful experiences with Kenny, and will always remember them and have a place of love in my heart for him and the wonderful things we did together. I am healing from my loss and look forward to new experiences with desert hiking, camping, and taking beautiful pictures of our desert. Enjoy your adventures of life, and thank you for the kind, loving comments sent my way. Much love, Sherry on. What do you think? I actually, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I think the idea that he committed suicide is definitely plausible if we take what she says as truth, right? It is interesting that he didn't bring his camera, but said he was going to go search for the M cave. But also if he was planning on doing a search of two to three days in length, then maybe he thought, you know, I don't want to bring my tripod and camera. It's too much weight. I'm just going to go with my phone and maybe I'll take a picture with my phone or maybe this time I'll take a map and I'll like drop a pin mm. on a map saying like this is where the M cave is and once I've found it I'll come back with my camera. I don't know. Um, some people make a lot out of him not bringing a camera and say oh this is proof that like he was never going out to find the M cave and other people say no it makes sense like I'm a hiker and when you're going on that long of a hike like water is more important than a camera. So like, of course you would want to bring supplies and stuff gets heavy and weighs you down. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I like wanted to have a YouTube channel, which required me to bring a camera places. And sometimes I would just be like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm just going to go do the experience without the camera, scope it out. If I want to, I'll come back with my camera later. Exactly. And I never brought my camera later because I wasn't inspired anymore. But that yeah. was the thought process. Right. So that. Yeah. So, OK. So then we could say maybe him not bringing the camera is not a big deal at all. I don't think so. I mean, him making those comments to his girlfriend about like, if I did it, you would never find me. I don't know how to take those because like, I don't know. I've never had someone ask me like how, you know, how would you kill yourself or something? I don't know what my answer would be. How right? would you kill yourself? I don't know. Right? Like I'd walk. What if I said to you right now? Oh, I'd walk into the ocean. I would be and like, drown. why? That's weird. Okay. But like <laughs> if I said that and then later I disappeared, right. like I'm just talking to you. I have no intention of drowning myself. Yeah. But if I said that to you and then later I disappeared, now everyone's going to take that and be like, oh my yeah. God, she had a plan. Yeah, a she was just trauma dumping. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or people would say, oh, she had a plan. So, of course, right. she killed herself. So I don't know. Like half of me is like it does a disservice to just say, oh, well, he was depressed. Therefore, he must have killed himself. Yeah. And then the other half of me is like, well, we need to take mental health seriously. So is it a disservice to say, oh, no, it's more likely he was abducted by an alien? Like, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. You know, I feel like when you bring up suicide, it's like such a fucking serious thing that people don't want to bring it up because yeah. it's so taboo and so serious. But I think it's very, very, very normal 
to like have suicidal thoughts every once in a while it doesn't necessarily have to be ideation but if you're like having a really fucking bad time and you're just like god i wish i could kill myself like even if you're not that serious about it i don't think that's that weird because i would say that the majority of my friends who are actors say that well, because it's hard it sucks it's you called know? intrusive thoughts yeah, right like yeah. you, you can have an intrusive thought while you're driving your car about like what would it be like if I just drove off this cliff right now? But it's right. an intrusive thought. You're not actually going to do it, right? Yeah. That's the difference. So yeah, I see what you're saying. Maybe he was just having an intrusive thought and was like talking to his girlfriend about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know what was going through his mind. And also, if he never went to a doctor, then how can we know what he was really diagnosed with, right? That she yeah. says he refused to go to a doctor. So I don't know. I I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I just wish she wouldn't have said that because she's kind of like speaking on his behalf almost, which is kind of sucks too. But it is interesting that in, at least in the clip I saw, his daughter says that she thinks it's possible he's still alive out there just like foraging off the land. Like he brought his gun. He brought his hunting knife. Yeah. Who's to say? He left his phone behind on purpose <sighs> or by accident. We don't know. Yeah. Or it was planted there. But I will say the one thing with this story that like really fucking sticks with me is that comment left by that person. It's like, don't go investigate it. Oh, that. And also the guy who says that his friend in California like discovered found... a secret radioactive laboratory. Yeah. Yeah. It's that I'm going to be thinking about that forever. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. I'm going to be thinking about that fucking decommissioned nuclear warhead. It's you nuts. guys got to see these photos because this was like, imagine, do you know how big a nuclear warhead missile is? It's like two school buses stacked on top of each other. More, probably four. This thing was fucking so deep underground. And it's just like to think that there's decommissioned shit like that all over the United States. Yeah. There's fucking live nuclear missiles all over this bitch. Like in fucking Nevada and like Utah and like corn places like Illinois, <laughs> right? Like, isn't that where they are? Probably. I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know that that bunker I showed you existed. I'm. Yeah. It's just like mind blowing that this stuff exists. But let me read the sources for this episode and then I'm going to ask you for your closing thoughts. So the sources for this episode are HLN's um, preview of their two-hour special entitled Mojave Mystery Vanished in the Desert. If any of you watch it because you have cable, tweet at us. Let us know how it was. Um, Kenny Veach's YouTube channel user Snakebit McGee, an article entitled How Crystal Skulls Work by Shanna Freeman for science.howstuffworks.com, Quora.com's Q&A on Kenny Veach, Welcome to Doomtown by Kristen Peterson for Las Vegas Weekly, M Cave and the Unexplained Disappearance of Kenny Veach by Eric Cacinero for NevadaMagazine.com. Area 51 Fast Facts uploaded to CNN.com with no author on August 2nd, 2021. Mining History in the Mojave Preserve published to digital-desert.com with no author name listed and no date of publication listed. An article entitled Nellis AFB Airmen Save Elderly Couple During Flash Flood published August 6, 2014 to afrotc.duke.edu with no author listed. And of course, every single YouTube video that I cited during the story. So Natalia, now that I've read the sources, I'd like to ask you for your final thoughts on this episode. And I know it's a shit ton of information, so please always. take your time. <laughs> it's always <laughs> a bunch of information. Um, crazy story. I really liked it. I definitely learned a lot more than I thought there was to the M Cave story because I had like YouTube recommended that video to me that like M Cave hike 
thing but i like didn't have the attention span to like figure out what why it was important yeah so i was like who cares well it's clearly it's a rabbit hole yeah because you have to watch like 75 different videos to understand the conspiracy totally yeah um so that was really this is a great great episode um yeah i feel like uh, it's hard to talk about something like this because suicide specifically is such a triggering topic and there's really nothing you can say about it that's not gonna hurt somebody because a lot of people have been hurt and uh, have had people taken that they love too soon from suicide and they will probably all tell you you know I didn't see the signs coming or I did see the signs coming or you know because one of the things that happens when someone you love um chooses to go that way is that you spend the rest of your life wondering if you could have done something different right if you missed a sign etc etc so I really don't like talking about that because I don't think that there's like a way to say anything that's going to not trigger someone however I am an honest person I am a truthful person and my honest opinion is that given all the information I don't think he killed himself um and I don't have to explain why and so I'm not going to, but one thing I will explain because it, it makes sense and I don't think anyone can get mad at me for it is that he said that he would never be found if he committed suicide and he left his phone. And I think that if he was going to do it and he didn't want to ever be found, he wouldn't have left his phone. And I know some people will be like, well, maybe he did that to make it seem like he fell down the shaft or he made it or whatever. But no, that shaft is too, like he, he didn't. Well, that's another good point. He didn't bring his camera Right. So if he wasn't planning on coming back, why not just leave your phone at home? Turn it off. Yeah. Turn it off and put it in a drawer and leave it, you know? Yeah. That's another good point. Like, why bring the phone at all if that's what your plan was? Yeah. I just, I just don't. For some reason, my psychic powers is telling me that's not it. My psychic powers are telling me he was a Russian operative and he's still alive and well. And he's in, you know, those, um, what were those copper cauldrons? Oh my God. Yes. If you guys don't know what Natalia is talking about, you got to go listen to episode 69 uploaded on 420. (laughs) We talked about a conspiracy theory involving Russian copper cauldrons. Yeah. And I think that's where he went back to his homeland. I mean, we can only hope, right? We can only hope. I personally feel like the M cave is real because that's another question right mm-hmm. like do you even think the mk was real do you think he made it up for clout or do you think he actually saw an mk i don't think he cared about clout yeah yeah i think if he cared about clout he would do things differently well the only thing that makes some people think he cared about clout is because his girlfriend said he was like really down on his luck with money like his money was running out and none of his business ventures were working so then people have taken that and run with it and been like oh so maybe he orchestrated this whole mk thing to like drive viewership to his channel so he could pitch his inventions but but sounds like something i'd do yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i also feel like the forethought to do that like it all started with him commenting on someone else's video he didn't know people would even read that comment when i comment shit on youtube videos i don't expect anyone to read it and then later like recently I realized I commented something on a video like three years ago and people have just started responding to it. It was like a random true crime video. And I was like, I think the mom did it or something. And then now people are responding being like, the mom definitely didn't do it. Or the mom totally did it. Or you bitch, why would you think the mom did it? And I'm like, I forgot I left this comment. It's like not relevant to me anymore. So I I think that maybe when he left that comment, like he had no way of knowing people would even be interested and want to like 
follow him on his M-Cave journey. Yeah. What's that thing? It was a theory one in one of our other episodes where it's like um, an installation. It's like someone pretends to... An ARG? Yeah, an ARG. You think he was doing an ARG? <sighs> he could have been, but I, it might have just gone too deep because all of the Shark Tank stuff feels like it was too deep. <laughs> right. I feel like when you do an ARG, you make a burner account, right? Yeah. And you're like, hey, this is really weird. I just found this um, weird secret door in, this weird in my poster. basement. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I got to go to sleep now. I'll be back tomorrow. Oh, my landlord just texted, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in the last listener stories episode. No, don't ever. The first, <laughs> the first story we read. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was that. I, I tend to think, yeah, that I agree with you that the M cave is real. Right. Because like why I just feel like why go even why even go through all that trouble? Like who gives a shit? Yeah, I think it's real. Do you think it was that guy that like Christian golfer guy who um, found that like like you caved in shit? Oh, are you talking about the guy that the lady called the crazy guy? Yeah. Yeah. The crazy guy with the super long video who like doesn't know how to edit. Yeah. Um, He striked me as a Christian golfer. <laughs> with like five children before 25 yeah i mean i can definitely feel that vibe just really wholesome like boy scout energy you yeah know? but also like kind of deep into this conspiracy <laughs> theory yeah yeah what was the question i know i'm I just know. thinking about Christian no i was golfers. saying <laughs> i was saying do you um think that the m cave was the that thing that perhaps was sealed up no. Uh, I don't know. What words am I trying to say? I know what you're trying to say. That's That Do, guy found a side of a mountain that looked yeah. like perhaps it wasn't real. Maybe. I mean, I remember watching that video when he uploaded it because I had seen the MK video in like 2017 or 18, but there wasn't a lot of information out. And I watched the 22 minute video and then I was just like, okay, you know, like whatever. There's no information. So yeah. like, what can I do with this? And then years later i remember that video of the crazy guy getting recommended to me and i watched it and i don't know i don't know because i think if you didn't know that there are a lot of like mineral deposits in the area then that white sealant looking thing in the cracks mm -hmm. is very suspect but knowing that there are mineral deposits i'm like well it could have been that like it plants a seed of doubt you know what i mean yeah so I don't know. I would love to go out there and just fucking pry it open. But right. apparently that's frowned upon to like deface rocks, which uh, I understand. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go do okay, it. Okay, you go, you go do it. That guy, the Christian golfer guy, guys, he was wearing a shirt that said M Cave on he's it. He's all that in. That was like a logo. Yeah, he's all in on the M Cave. Like I think he sells merch that's like M Cave merch. Yeah, he sells M Caves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he sells flashlights in the same in the shape of the M Cave. Who <laughs> would like cut your dick? <laughs> because okay yeah wow i don't know i do not know that would like i said every episode you do is just so much information and at the end i'm just like stuck like i'm trying to go forward and trying to go backwards i'm like getting caught up on everything like there's like too many tabs open so your takeaway is that underground bunkers exist and are fucking crazy and that's yeah. all we need to know about this yeah. episode i agree yeah like that's literally that's, the takeaway is that yeah. underground bunkers do exist that is a fact end of story yeah natalia would you like to do our sign off brb i'm gonna go plant an endangered fish in a stream to make a protected wetland so i don't have to have neighbors bye, bye.